11 o'clock comics episode 146 Hey, do you guys really realize that our three-year anniversary could be right around the same those books? Crazy. Huh. All those novenas I made for David not to get all bitchy. And, and, there we go. Yeah. There you go. Wow. Yeah, that was like, that was like, what, 30 My mother. And it's always breaking new ground on this joke. Hey, oh. Oh, my boy's my, that's my flying buddy. I got to defend him. Oh, that's right. Dad tried to be a ball over there and tell me when you're watching the class. I was like, I don't do that. I wrote the book. I'm just taking a page. I think you're going to be a lot more relaxed this week, Chris. You're not going to be worried about being an entertainer for 30 oh, years. I, I, your own thing. I, 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 have, I have made a conscious effort to not plan anything past Thursday night. Nice. Thursday will... night, it's just it's just me with my guys, and I've got a restaurant picked out, and we're gonna have we're gonna have a really nice time. And then after that, I'm just kind of gonna go with the flow and not be like tour guide. You know, it was really nice of you to, to, to buy each of us a ticket to the CB <laughs> Casada dinner because <laughs> oh, only eight spots, and you got six of them for us. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I had, to dig, I had to dig deep on that one. but uh, Yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. Well, I'll pass on that dinner so somebody can have my ticket. Well, you won't be there Thursday, right? You <laughs> right, probably yeah. Yeah. Well, if I was. Actually, I got, I, got a spot, I got a spot picked up. Girl and the Goat, booked. I know. I'm excited. Bo- no, booked. Oh! Booked. Oh. Yeah, but... I I I picked out one of my favorite restaurants in the city. That is David What the hell is. is a girl and a goat? I mean, it you sounds know, very interesting to it's me. A new restaurant by Stephanie Brown, who won uh, Iron Chef season no, four. No, uh, Top Chef. Top it's Chef. called. Top, uh, top, sorry, top, I'm watching Iron Chef right now. Uh, top Chef season. No shit. It's called Girl and a Goat. No, it's called the the girl, girl the girl and the goat. Well, that's the like girl. one of my fantasies right there. There you uh-huh. go. Nice. She's not exactly a looker. No, I'm talking about the goat. She's a cooker, though. <laughs> there you go. Not a looker. All right. Hell of an intro. We there. We're, we, we're way past there. Hey, everybody. Yeah. Look at we're this. For, we're going for French Mexican. Look around. It's French 11 Mexican. o'clock comics, episode 146. I am Vince B. Yes, you are. And Hi. I'm I'm under snow, but I'm still Christopher Neesman. Yes. <laughs> Shit, I'm under ice. I'm David Price. Ooh, and I'm under fire because I'm Hosni Mubarak. Ooh, <laughs> you're not in a good place right now. No, you're not. You are Jason Wood. And this people are, episode, people are riding in front of my house, though. <laughs> this this political unrest episode <laughs> of Eleven O'clock Comics is brought to you by who? Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com. They can provide you, the comic book aficionado, with your favorite funny books and collectibles at huge, amazing discounts. Anywhere from 35 all the way up to 75% off selected books. Now, the new list, 
Wamba, the new list did not come out yet because the previews was just released this week, right? Yeah. Yeah. So their handy-dandy look at what you can get for Peanuts list has not been issued yet, but I'm sure there will be a plethora of periodicals on that list that you can get for 50% off, probably more. And if you've been paying attention, they also have a digital arm of the DCBS. It's a very big mechanized arm with a gauntlet on it. It's got five gems. It's the MyDigitalComics.com site. See, you can get Duncan the Wonder Dog not a physical copy, a digital copy for a mere nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Dang! Omg, that's crazy. So if you've been wanting to read Duncan, and you should because it's fantastic, winner of the best OGN for last year on the eleven o'clockers by a couple of us, right? Uh, you can get it for nine ninety nine. They have independent comics out the wazoo. Top Cow, a bunch of various and sundry publishers. They're awesome. And you can get some of those books for 99 cents. Oh, my God. Cut rate comics. You can't go wrong. Discount comic book service, dcbservice.com, and the digital arm, the joke that fell flat not too long ago, mydigitalcomics.com. <laughs> there you go. They're our sponsor. We love them. And who else has been sponsoring this uh, mess? Oh, uh, well, we were just talking about our, uh, our our Chicago trip coming up, and uh, that is because you all are coming to Cidos Edos Dos, uh, which is our, <laughs> our, our code for uh, C2E2. And, uh, the are they cool with that? Two. Has anybody ever says, dude, don't say Cidos Edos, because that's not the name of it. Like, it's our whole thing. I know, it's our thing, and we're cool with it, and we love it, but I mean, I wouldn't want to, you know. I think C2E2 is not exactly the most uh, mellifluous name in itself. Listen to you, big words. I know. I don't know what that means. A long I'm all sexy uh, now. Hey, there, there, <laughs> you know, there are a lot of you know Latins in Chicago. They should they should reach out to the Latin community and and do some Cito Cito's t-shirts. Get some elotes. Right. Go to Cito Cito's. Oh well, man! Oh, I can't wait for the elotes cards to come out. Um, and you can get elotes in Chicago whenever you come to Cito's Edos or C2E2. It is the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo, and it is in downtown Chicago for the second year in a row. It's going to be at uh, McCormick Place. Uh, it was in the East Building last year. It's going to be in the West West Building this year, which is the newer section, and it's uh, it, it is it's really nice inside. Uh, it is this March 18th through the 20th. Actually, starts on the 17th. If you want to come in for the uh, Diamond Retailers Conference, uh, we'll be on that on that Thursday. Uh, All three people. No, uh, uh, special guests this year include uh, Brian Michael Bendis, Adam Hughes, Ben Templesmith, Gene Ha, Cliff Ooh. Chang, Mahmoud Ashrar, who, uh, Paul Cornell, Mike Norton, Scotty Young, Scott Snyder, and uh, tons more. Yes. Uh, yeah, I saw uh, Phil Hester's going to be there. Uh, our favorites awesome. uh yeah there's uh it's 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 uh the the guest list it's one of the things about big cons that uh always uh frustrate me is that they they keep kind of rolling out guest trickle in yeah yeah and and it'll ramp up in the last few weeks so uh keep checking that website which is c2e2.com and uh and you can get your tickets there uh and if you buy them before march 14th so it's right before the show. If you get them before March 14th, you can get a weekend pass for just 50 bucks. Which, Unheard uh, of. Yeah. Bargain for, at any price. Yeah. You're not kidding. 
All What's right. cool is that apparently some of the 11 o'clock listeners have started to order some EOC swag, and that's oh, how nice. they're going to let us know who they are. That is cool. Yeah, let us let us know when we when we should turn let us turn, around, turn, around, turn around quickly in the aisles and go the other way. And and if you you are a female, be um, you can have the possible. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Please cut out David and and my circles on your shirt and walk around with it like that. Oh, you that'd be cool. Because we're the boobs. David and I are the boobs. I love that. That's so fitting. Yeah, I fumbled that. I got I got confirmation on today. Is uh, Friday night it, talking about meeting up? Uh, if uh, EOC listeners want to uh, um, come meet up at the at the con, you can do that Friday night at six thirty. Will be the podcasting panel. Ooh, yes. Okay, that's pretty awesome. Who's going to be on that? Do you know, or it's not been finalized? Um, uh, it's it's still kind of coming together, but oh. uh, uh, I believe that I'll be moderating it. And John, and, John uh, Suntress, Mister Suntress, nice. Uh, Stevie D from the Comic Book Queers. Cool. Uh, I believe that uh, Mister Peter Rios from CGS, uh, Sean nice. Whelan from Raging hey. Bullets, uh, Chris Ron Marshall. Rick. Um, have not talked to to Chris yet, huh. but if he's coming in, I'm sure that we can we can uh, pull a chair up. Um, oh, if Ron's going to be there, it's a party. Yeah, I love, Ron. I love Ron. <laughs> yeah. So that that's the tentative list, and there may be some changes and additions and that kind of stuff. But yeah, podcasting panel Friday night at six thirty, and we'll have more details for you as they come. Great. In. Hey, let's do the drink roll call because I got something special. Ooh. Oh well, I, and David, wow. David is, is very proud of his. So I tell you what, I don't Vince, know about proud, but <laughs> oh, uh-huh. uh, Vince, why don't you start us off? I am drinking. I heard a lot about this. I wanted to try it out. Um, it's only fifty cents a can, bitches. <laughs> I, <laughs> oh, I'm no. drinking the it's Big bigger. Flats, the Big Flats 1901 from Walgreens. Uh, oh no, <laughs> huh? <laughs> it's freaking awesome! It's two ninety nine for a six pack. Uh, Are you here? Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's wow. the water. It's the water that makes it. Says it right there. <laughs> wow! It's the water. That makes... It's not a white can it's, with black lettering. It's, it's really, bad. it's really bad. But hey, right, for two ninety nine, you know what? I don't need top shelf. Uh, <laughs> this episode is gonna be awesome. Big flats. It's gonna be translated big to big flat, farts big later. Flats. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be big farts later. Exactly. <laughs> oh, David, pick us up. Uh, well, Chris, I'm interested to see what your take is on this. I uh, I saw this bottle at my buddy's house over the weekend, and I figured I'd had to try it. Bought it. You're watching the Royal Rumble. Uh, when I was absolutely. And, oh, you're out uh, of control with that wrestling stuff, buddy. Out of control. You are, the, yeah. The uh, it, it's. Have you ever heard of wild turkey American honey? Yes. It ain't bad. Yeah, yeah. you're it drinking is, that straight. It is sweet. It is. I. I was. I was. But I poured too much, so I had to put a little bit of ginger ale in it, just so I wouldn't be fucking mm-hmm. plots well, in a minute. Pour some of that out it's, for wizard. Um, it's. Uh, uh-huh. It's exceptionally smooth liqueur blended with pure honey and bourbon whiskey. Yep. Really, thirty-five point five alcohol by volume. Yeah, you can't, it's it's not it's not bourbon because it has there's something added to it. So yeah, it's, it's it's a it's a honey bourbon liqueur. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Very, I never even heard of it. 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty tasty. I mean, bourbon's it's already kind of sweet as far yeah, as whiskeys yeah. go. Uh-huh. So yeah, it it's, can be. Uh, yeah, it's on the sweet side. It was great in the uh, when when I came in from chopping up the ice and and shoveling. I, I added some some tea, and it was uh, it was rather tasty. Yeah, twenty four nice. inches here on uh, Tuesday night through. That's what through she Wednesday. said. Oh, good. well, you know, we get there two inches at a time, Jason. <laughs> hey, whatever works. <laughs> How about you, uh, uh, Mr. Wood? Before I say what I'm drinking, Adap, uh, you watch The Best Things I Ever Ate, right? The show on Food Network? Yes. You're familiar with it? Yep. I was watching it the other night, and it was uh, The Best Things I Ever Drank. I started yeah. watching it. I haven't finished that episode. Did you get to the part of Irish coffee? Yes, right at the very beginning with Tyler. Yeah, so yes. Tyler drinks Irish coffee, and I forget where he gets it from. Right, the place escapes me. But the the dude was saying that uh, they serve. One of uh, the, what's that? One of Easter, isn't it? Because uh, I think maybe. the Tullamore Dew bottle has it on there. There I you think- go. Okay. They use Tullamore Dew, your 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 Irish whiskey of choice, and they said because that is what the original Irish whiskey was made with, which oh. I did not know. Uh-huh. So you have uh, an Irish whiskey? Or no, I am drinking uh, the coffee. Nectar of the Gods. Oh, uh, no. which is otherwise known as Diet Dr. Pepper. <laughs> uh, I just got done about 90 minutes of uh, of yoga, so I, I'm drinking some soda. Some diet no soda kidding. Soda. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. yoga, ten- yoga X, actually. A little P90X Yoga X. Ooh. You do that tantric stuff, like like stink? <laughs> I, would, I would much have preferred to have done the tantric yoga than what I was doing. If I did one more vinyasa, I was going to punch the TV screen, but... <laughs> That's, That's very intriguing. I would like to get into that. It's fun. Tantric yoga? Well, no, uh, just oh. yoga. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you know my well, you know Bessa instructor. Hell yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she did the yoga X earlier this week and I figured she'd be the arbiter of whether it was decent or not and she was like it's legit. She's like it's definitely like an advanced <laughs> yoga class. So. Did she really uh, say it's legit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're happily married. Come on. I know. That's cool. <laughs> she was like for real though. My wife would say it's legitimate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love her. She keeps she keeps me in comics, so oh, there you who go. can complain? She goes hey. to the comic shop for you, dude. Yeah, I know. I was what? stunned. I was stunned. Wait, stunned. what? Well, you know, we got a heck of a lot of snow and ice yeah. this week. So, um, my wife has a four wheel drive. I don't. I have a. An Acura. Very bad in the snow. So I didn't go to work. Kids didn't go to school. Mom didn't go to daycare, whatever you call it. And uh, so the wife was tooling around with her with her four-wheel drive. And, and I said, hey, are you near the comic shop? She said, sure. I go in. Get me my books. And oh, what do I get? I don't know. So I told her what to get. And she actually went in and got my <laughs> comics for me. Walk out of here. Yeah. Are you kidding? Well, it was a previews Dude, week. You know, I love the previews. For all the shit you give your wife, that is uh-huh. a good one because it was only I, two books. It you know, matter. Uh-huh. It, 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 you know, Batman so, Odyssey, and I got Sonic. Marta would have laughed. Sweetheart, come here. Oh boy, <laughs> testify. Martin, come here. We're, we're taking we're taking a quick wife poll. Impromptu, right. as it were. So so if yet if yesterday, in all of the the crap weather, if y- you had been out in. And running around, and I was here, and you you called me and asked if there was anything that that you could grab while you were out and about. If I said, "Yeah, would you mind running by the comic shop and picking up my books?" What would you have said to me? No. All right. Oh. <laughs> Potty mouth. 
Wow. Uh, no, right. Well, I will say this. She loves the hairy man. Wow. <laughs> I got to say, uh, unequivocally, Beth would say, no way in hell. There's zero chance she would do it. Mm, I'm sorry. But hey, she she, she you did. Know. Yeah, that's awesome. Wow, good for you. Right. So, uh, what was I? I was doing a segue until David derailed oh. the train. Oh, oh, I've, uh, I've, yeah, I, no, I've got, I've got, I've got my, I've got my drink. You have you your do. drink? Yes, you do. Go ahead. Yes, uh, it is from out your neck of uh, the woods, ish. He muted my response. Stop! Oh. Get out of here. Go. She knows I muted her. He lies. <laughs> it's probably the oh, only no. way you could ever mute a woman. <laughs> well, there's two ways, but uh. you can't do the other one. <laughs> I'm a uh, pig. This is from us. Smutty, Smutty <laughs> Nose Brewing Company. And, go on. Get out of here. Never should have. Never should have gotten your your opinion. You, you wind them up. They don't <laughs> stop. <laughs> it, is, it is from Smutty Nose Brewing, which is out in uh, New Hampshire. I think. Does that make sense? You guys. This is out out near you all, right? New Hampshire. Yeah. North, if you're talking, you know, nuclear war. Yeah, it's close. Okay. Portsmouth, New Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> and it is their uh, old brown dog ale, and it's Ooh. just a it's just a really nice uh, uh, brown ale. So from Smutty Nose, Smutty Nose does some nice stuff. So it's smutty also nose, close out there. Ale. Everything on the East Coast is like close. Yeah. To, you guys are all just like a yeah. train ride apart. They should have called it Dirty true. Sanchez. Uh. It. Now segue time. Last week uh, we promised to t- tag team on certain books. Uh, David and Chris were going to read Class War uh-huh. yes. with the dollar signs. Yes, and, and Wood and I, well, um, all good uh, <laughs> intentions, uh, we, we tried to take the high road. And I said, well, let's put a little bit of class in the podcast and tackle uh, Harvey Kurtzman's Humbug. Now, which was released in a double slip-cased volume, a beautiful uh, set of hardcovers from Fantagraphics. Yep. Uh, a l- little bit of history. Before we we uh, seg into this, Humbug obviously is a creation of Harvey Kurtzman, but it uh, came about because of his uh, fallout with Mr. William Gaines. Mm-hmm. See, Mad Magazine was making money hand over fist, and so Mr. Kurtzman, uh, always conscious about the look and reception of his periodicals, had the bright idea of taking the profits generated from all those copies of mad and turning dumping it back into the publication kurtzman wanted better paper he wanted color he wanted you know just all the pull out all the stops and create a periodical that he could be proud of and bill gaines kind of laughed at him (laughs) are you crazy Uh put the profits back into the publication unheard of so and this is like what six or seven issues into the magazine format of mad so kurtzman didn't last a long time into the during the transition uh, from the comic stage to magazine stage so he left and uh he was getting chummy with mr hugh hefner at the time you know this so uh mr playboy after dark pulled him in and said here create a magazine for me any kind of production value you want, we'll do the whole upscale treatment and we'll charge 50 cents for it, just like Playboy at the time. And unfortunately, it only lasted two issues. It tanked. Yep, it, was called, it was going to be called, it was called Trump, which is Trump. Kind of funny. Yes. And that has been collected. They did collect the two issues. So you can get that too. But, uh, so now Kurtzman finds himself without a periodical and, uh, Hefner felt kind of bad. So he gave Harvey free office space. 
in which to devise another magazine. And the uh, resulting magazine was Humbug. And when you hear the list of con uh, contributors to this thing, it's, it reads like a who's who of the best comic book illustrators ever. Uh, number one on the list is very high up there. He's like maybe at the right hand of Kirby, and that's Jack Davis. Mm -hmm. You don't really need anybody else once you have no. Jack Davis on board. Sure. But, all right, Bill Elder was mm -hmm. another one of them, a fantastic talent. Al Jaffe. Mm -hmm. Arnold Roth. Uh, who else did some cartoons for this wood? I'm drawing a blank on some of them. Wally Wood. Yeah, a couple from, from Mr. Couple. Wood, but the majority was uh, Davis, Elder, and Mr. Jaffe. Yeah, mm -hmm. so this Can sounds like it cannot fail. Well, you would think, right? Yeah, I would think. <laughs> I would think that, definitely. Uh, unfortunately, visually, yeah. it's a it's stunning. It's a masterpiece. Um, yeah. Each, each strip is a tour de force. The covers are fantastic. The uh, margins, like the old Mad style margins around the cover image, are are brilliant. You have Jack Davis doing some of the best work I've ever seen from the man. There, there's a a, a, a subscription offer on the back cover of one, and it's called Trick or Treat. And there's a hand reaching out from a a, 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 a lit doorway. It's at night, and there's all these creatures coming to get the copy of Humbug and you look at the cross hatching and just the drawing that, that Davis is capable of, of pulling off. The man is disgustingly talented. I weep sometimes when I look at a Davis illustration because no man should be that good. Mm -hmm. it, it's just well, fantastic. On that note, there's a, probably in the middle of the book, there's a bunch of uh, Jack Davis baseball illustrations. Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't, uh, a month or two ago, on Comic Link, they were having an original art auction, <clears throat> and I actually bid on one of those uh, panels, not realizing it at the time where it was from. Oh my uh, god! They 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 had uh, one of the three image strips uh, on Comic Link, so I, I assumed it was going to end up going for a lot more than I bid. But I thought, you know what the hell, I'll put a bid in. So I bid three hundred bucks for it, ended up going for thirteen hundred bucks. Uh, and these are not. This wasn't thirteen hundred bucks for a full page of comic book art. This was three thirteen hundred bucks for three uh, two by three inch panels in a comic strip form. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, I was kind of so when I was looking through the book, and I saw, I said, "Oh snap!" I said it was from Humbug. Who knew? Because it wasn't identified other than Jack Davis uh, in the listing. You know. So. But, but you know what? I think that would be a fair price for a Jack Davis. I, so, I oh yeah, I don't think it was unusual. Well, yeah, no, no, I, I agree. I, 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 like I said, I, I don't think it's unfair. I just, uh, it just, it was just uh, interesting to kind of stumble across where it was actually from after the fact. Right, but I mean, the mad modus operandi is in effect. You could, you could feel the influence of Mad on this magazine, which, I mean, Kurtzman, Mad was Kurtzman's baby, so it, it only stands to reason that this uh, humbug should have. You know the some of the 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 trappings of Mad, like Al Jaffe does an exploded cereal box, where if you took the the cereal box as it was came off the press and you saw how you know it actually was printed, that's uh, there's an Al Jaffe cornflake box, and it's amazing. There he does an exploded cannon with all the parts and all the gears and and the the metal and the the rivets and the nuts and the bolts it's crazy and it's so hyper detailed like Al Jaffe was great at that the father of the mad fold in 
So you have that stuff. You have movie parodies in here, which is a staple of Mad. And right. you would think, hey, this has got to be great. You know, what the hell? Fake TV oh, ads. It's, fake, it, uh, fake advertisements. Yeah, it's, I don't know, Jason, if you feel the same way. I I thought it was painful to read. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it, I, we, you gave me, you know, we agreed to do this, and I had looked through it when I first bought it. Because I, you had bought it, we were, we were somewhere, we were at some convention or something, and you had bought this. Yeah, and, New York. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, "What is this?" And it's in a beautiful. And being the sucker for the nice um, collected editions, it's in this beautiful two-volume slipcase um, by Fantagraphics, and they put out a great product. And then when you told me what it was, and the artist involved said, "Oh my god, I got to get this!" Yeah. I think it's like what sixty-nine bucks is the suggested retail price. Yeah, and yeah. I ended up, I think, paying twenty bucks for it, which maybe should have been a, an indication of what the situation was. But, um, <laughs> but like you said, I, I assume this couldn't. I assume there's no way this could fail. Um, but it uh, was, a, it was, a, it was a chore. I mean, wow. I put it to you like this: uh, Mad Magazine. At least when I was younger and read it religiously, um, there were always a, a story or a, a parody or a, a strip or something that fell flat, maybe. But you knew that. Uh, four out of five pages were going to crack you up. This, I'd say, was the inverse. There were pages or or bits that I thought were clever or funny, but for the most part, those were much harder to find than the uh, the lead balloons that I was exposed to. Right, most of right. The pages, you and, know? and let's be honest, it's not the fault of the illustrators. No, absolutely. I, I not. think well, this. Again, with those, those illustrators that we've listed are, I mean, right. they do no wrong. Yeah. The, the failure of this, well, failure in our eyes and failure on the newsstands because it only lasted, um, what, about a dozen issues, if that? Ten issues, I think. Yeah, Ten issues. Is- and um, I think the failure of the magazine is all on Harvey because he was shooting for a brand of humor that, while intelligent, does nothing but instill a kind of smarty pants air in in the person you know telling in quote jokes because they're not really jokes i mean it, it's humor but it's it's more of a look how much i know see if you can research this and maybe you'll get the joke uh right, i, I, you know, like I there can't was a, there was an article like about tired blood i remember and it was like i mean i guess it was again it was supposed to be funny i'm sure but it was really based in a lot of real science about blood and stuff and so it wasn't i was just sort of like exactly was thinking wow i mean and this wasn't the age where you could look up something real quick on google or wikipedia i mean right. presumably most of the people reading this would have had no idea even what the joke was about because you know i don't know but yeah like there's a a one page bit about um it's a pseudoscience uh piece discovery explains atom fusion and uh, you have a picture of two atoms, and it says, Atom crossing grid resistance not seen as a result of proton reciprocity. And the, uh, the resistance is in the middle, depicted by a sawtooth pattern. And you have one atom shooting what I uh, assume is a, an electron or a proton over to the other atom. And then it says, here, murine isotope ALC-235 bombards absorbing atom ASP-126 over electric grid with fast proton. And then the other atom bats the, the proton back. Absorbing atom returns recipro Reciproc, yeah, proton with with quick flip of its outermost forehand electron, and all it is is a play on a tennis match, and it takes up the whole freaking page. 
and you have to wade through this mind-numbing copy just to get the joke. Yep, yep. And it's it's just it's heavy-handed, and uh, but I, I'll tell you, I had a huge appreciation for Bill Elder going into this, and it's uh-huh. only increased a hundredfold after seeing some of the pieces in here from Bill Elder. There's a, a movie parody called Around the Days in 80 Worlds. So oh, yeah. it's, it's Around the World in 80 Days. And yeah. he does um, caricatures of a host of celebrities like Marilyn Monroe, Gina Lola Brigida, Clark Gable, Noel Coward, uh, Fatty Arbuckle, King Kong, Mickey Mouse, and he nails every one of them. I mean, they're... There's no um David yeah. Niven is unbelievable. You look at these caricatures, Frank Sinatra, and you're thinking that son of a bitch could draw. I mean, for only further evidenced in uh, Kurtzman and Elder's Little Annie Fanny, because there was a lot of celebrity cameos in that. And I mean, you could see the gestation of Little Annie Fanny right here in Humbug. So I mean, as a historical document, it's amazing, not for what it is, but for what it led to. Sure. And um, there's a couple of text pieces in here that are really worth reading about gains and the fallout and how Kurtzman put a magazine together and, you know, Kurtzman's way of thinking. So, I mean, it's not it's a worthy purchase, but I think it works better as, as an art book with a little yeah, bit of history. Exactly. That's exactly right. I'm glad you said that because if it, you could buy this and again, you can get it probably on the cheap because Vince and I both managed to find copies on the cheap. And if you like those artists, and certainly I know a lot of uh, people uh, jo- join us in, in our adoration for that group of creators, as an art book, it's phenomenal. I mean, because, again, as I'm sitting here talking, I'm just looking through it, and it's great to look at. And, in fact, it, it just as an art book, it works awesome to not – and just don't read the copy. I mean, just uh, you just enjoy it for what it is. I mean, because these Bill Elder ads are terrific. You know, like channel oh, number five, right? It's like instead of yeah. channel number five, it's, you know, it's, a, it's got a roach in the middle of it. It's talking about, you know, the, the – the most trusted brand in TV. It's just it's great stuff. I mean, yeah. Um, so. And Elder Elder could paint like a like a bastard too. Yeah, who knew? And I, I can you imagine kicking this stuff out like on a bi monthly schedule? And that was another thing. The uh, the schedule fell off after a while. Yeah. I mean, it was uh, there was a lot of things working against the magazine. It wasn't the size of a comic book, but it was smaller than a magazine, mm-hmm. and it was it was fifteen cents, so it was more expensive than a comic book, and in line with a some of your you know more popular magazines. So the news agents didn't know where to put it on mm-hmm. the shelf, and it's I mean, there's a, just yeah, the so many all, things, all, yeah. yeah, working the, against it. The other thing too, I, I have to say, we have to acknowledge is that. Um, because of the brand of humor it was going for, I also think probably we're uh, missing some of the impact by the datedness of it. Because any kind of humor like this is very timely. I mean, you know, if you yeah. read a parody of, let's say, I don't know, um, uh, Rambo, right? When it was coming out on Mad Magazine, it's probably a lot funnier than if a kid like my son discovers Mad and he's reading. If he read it now, he probably wouldn't get the joke, right? Or, or, or I, you know, I don't know. Or a Buck Rogers, right? I mean. We remember the Buck Rogers TV show, Gil Gerard and the like. But if if you read a Mad Magazine archive and you read that right now, as a, and you were a twelve year old kid, I doubt you'd find it very funny, right? Or yeah. you read an ad about, um, you know, I don't know, uh, an ad about like uh, cable TV back when you had to press the buttons on the set top box, right? Well, pro- <laughs> probably not going to be funny to you now because you're not even going to understand what the hell the joke's about. So, like, because I'm looking at like there's an elder ad, a consumer retorts, which is a consumer reports thing. But it's like also ratings on seismographs, gum tickets, rickshaws, Fortnies, and grunches. Well, 
that's not funny to me because I don't know what the fuck a Fortnite or a Grunch is. But I'm betting, <laughs> I'm betting in 1957, though, that was probably some funny stuff. But, but right? see, I, I so. don't know who the target audience was because on one page you'll have a, a pseudo-medical piece. On the heels of Asiatic flu comes the even more contagious Asiatic flu fritis. And then you flip the page and you have a parody of uh you know a popular music ad nifty songs 15 cents a song sheet are you my baby america the beautiful come on are you my baby deep purple why are you my baby special in this issue the all-inclusive pop song i pray to the man upstairs that the banana boat will rock 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 you home across the sea of shattered memories to my waiting teenage lips like what the hell it's it's all over the place. You have highbrow mixed with lowbrow, and it ultimately, I guess, it just missed everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Well, I think the uh, target audience was probably the the Playboy crowd, right? The the young the the, the guys that are that star in Mad Men today, right? The, like the the, <laughs> the 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 white urban professional American male, right? I mean, that was probably yeah, the audience. could be. But you know, visually, uh, uh, a, a tour de force, unbelievable. Just page after page of just jaw-droppingly It makes me weep to look at Jack Davis' art, dude. Honest to God. Uh, and not only does he have the rendering down, he's got the dynamic anatomy. Like, oh, I know. There, there, there is nothing static about a Jack Davis illustration. Oh. And I don't think he gets enough credit in terms of his... Uh, way with the female form he drew a beautiful goddamn woman mm -hmm. uh, just oh man just amazing lines jack davis is the king you know if there were never if there was never a jack kirby i don't know jack davis would probably be my boy yeah he's my boy it's ridiculous uh, it, it does uh and it does bring back just such fond memories of mad magazine i don't know why i, I wonder if it's is, have you guys picked one up lately i mean is it still good i've flipped I, through it they have ads now like real honest to god yeah, uh -huh. mm -hmm. yeah it's in color it's, too it's different yeah there, there's certain there, there are pages that are in color it's it's not what it used to be dude you better but we know it. there are occasional great pages because doesn't mr fowler still do uh I that strip for them oh yeah the, i mean and you got sam viviano i'm sure still i mean there are yeah. some, there's still some talented artists working on it but it's right. not the magazine that you remember right right, right. so i mean not to take up any more time with this downer <laughs> humbug you know i want to say jason said it before and i'm going to steal it like bah humbug but only <laughs> to read if if you'd like to see an example of fantastic legendary just High water mark for illustration in in comics. Get the Humbug Collection. So it's it sounds like it'd be great if there weren't words on the on the page. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Damn. Well, Damn. Harvey can't win them all because then he went on to do Help, which is great. I mean, Help. There's a definite tone to Help. It's funny. There's humor in it, like my like an everyman type of humor. Humbug. It's just I don't know. It's it's a little bit on the elitist side. Well, you know, you know, with a lot of the the EC stuff, there are stories there that, you know, I won't read, that I'm just looking at it for the art. There are some stories that I absolutely love, but you know, it's you, hey, this is they're comics and it's words and and art and. Yeah. That's another so, thing about Humbug. So, a lot of it's not comics. A lot oh, of it's okay. like yeah, like text pieces with. Mm -hmm. with yeah. 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 So. But some, sometimes one half of it works a lot better than the other half. Right. That's we gave it a shot. Yeah. Yay us. Yay. Go <laughs> comics. <laughs> and I got to say, Harvey Kurtzman was a devilish, devilishly handsome gentleman. Mm -hmm. His eyes. Uh, ooh. 
No, his eyes are. are <laughs> you don't think? No. It does oh, are, you getting, are you getting for clumped over there? <laughs> Poor I mean, well, <laughs> I mean, Harvey had a he had a five head if he had a four head. You know what I'm saying? Oh, <laughs> you're not nice. <laughs> but the truth hurts. Just saying. Yeah, okay. All right. I didn't like that previous message I left because I sound like an idiot. This is Slurmo from the forums, and I'm inviting everybody, everybody, to check out the forum, check out a specific thread started by Johnny the Homicidal Drummer. It's entitled 11 O'Clock Comics Anthology. Uh, we want submissions, or he wants submissions, actually. He's spearheading this uh, project. Uh, of all forum members, any type of comics that you've written, or new comics, hopefully. And uh, we want to see what you guys got. We want to do this. It's a, We have a great community there at 11 o'clock, and uh, we want to see what you guys draw, what you guys write. Uh, John and I became friends uh, because he posted something, and he said, hey, what would you do? Uh, how, how do you get hooked up with people to draw your stuff? I answered him, and uh, we have a webcomic now, Apocalypse Smith. So uh, we want to bring people together, and we want to see what you guys have, and we want to thank... Uh, you know, the 11 o'clock comic posts by showing that, uh, you know, we really love this, uh, these comic books and we like making them. So, uh, hopefully you guys, uh, submit something. Uh, I think the only rule is, uh, try to limit it to eight pages. That way everybody gets a shot at, uh, no editing by us or by John, I should say. So, uh, do your worst, do your best. And, uh, your vision will come out as, uh, as you, as you planned it to. So, I guess I better get back to work because there's trucks trying to run me over. I'm in the parking lot. And, uh, I'll see you on the forums. Hey, and you writers that can't find artists, there's nothing wrong with a little prose story, little spot illustrations. I'm sure, uh, uh, one of the pencilers or inkers or digital artists there may not be able to, uh, do a full eight-page, uh, scripted comic, but they may be able to, you know, find time to do a, a couple of spot illustrations for a pro story. Just a thought. And, uh, take care, guys. I love comics. All right, so you guys want to take uh, your shot now on Cash? Should we, should we break it up a little bit? Or? Yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. All I've been right. ready to talk break, about break it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Start off on a negative. No, well, because I have I have a couple of issues with the book itself. As far as the story, see, I want I want Chris to um, I want Chris to tell me where where I'm going wrong with this. Tell people what we're talking about. We are talking about class war. The six issue was supposed to be twelve issue series brought to you by Com X. Out of uh, out of the UK, uh, written by Rob Williams. First three issues, first half, illustrated by uh, Trevor Hairsign, and the last Ooh. three issues by Trevor Foreman. The art in it is is great. Um, hey, excuse me for one second. Yes. yes. Travel Foreman. Yes. Yes. Didn't he just pass away? No. What? No. Some who was somebody just passed away? Uh, an, an artist that it was all over the Twitter. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm, it's probably not Travel Foreman then if you I say no. 
for him. But I, I mean, a lot of the guys were lamenting the passing of their friend, and it was on the Twitter now. I can't remember. Oh, it was, who it was. Oh, 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 yes, yes, yes. But I, um, yeah, it was. He was. Uh, I know Scotty Young mentioned it. A couple of people. He was like thirty-three years old. I think it was. The case. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't. It oh. wasn't travel for him. It was like Jari, or it was. I, I know exactly who you're talking about. I just I can't think of. The oh, I'm sorry for interrupting you. Then that's I'm okay. Sorry. Uh, it's it's early. In Trevor's career, there's there's definitely a um, he's channeling a lot of text and the not he, he's it's the Brian Hitch era where he's kind of done cloning Alan Davis, but before his Ultimates work. Uh-huh. So there's there's definitely a um, it, it's 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 Trevor, but it's not the Trevor that that illustrated like Ultimate. The, the ultimate books and and uh, and wisdom and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the travel form and artwork is is a lot different in that regard. It's still dynamic. It's still a wonderful looking book. My my main issue with it, and, and this is all on me. It has nothing absolutely to do with the story. It's it's um, you know what? I'm I'm gonna wait. I'm not gonna. I don't want to. No, I'm not gonna. I, I don't because I don't want to paint a picture of it because it this is all on me so i'm gonna let i'm gonna let chris talk about the the high points of it because there are there are some some really yeah good moments in this story um first of all it's a beautiful hardcover um from from the presentation uh, aspect of it and it's uh 20 25 bucks is 24.99 and and it's a really nice presentation on it and that was kind of from what i was gathering about comex um Known for their produ- known for their production values, their paper quality, uh, the 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 level of art uh, in the book. So that that's reflected here. Um, one thing that David had mentioned, I don't know the the full history of of this series, but uh, you mentioned a six issue series that was originally maybe planned to go twelve. Is that that's, right? That is what I've been. Um what I've gathered online and, and from folks that uh, that were buying it as it was coming out. I don't know if Rob himself has um, mm-hmm. has mentioned it, but but other people, especially on Twitter, especially those our, our, our UK listeners, have mentioned that, that they would have liked to have it continue as it was intended. That that was my first impression after because I, I read it all in, in one shot, uh, one sitting anyway, and that was my first. Uh, my first thought is that it was a 12-issue series that, yeah. got, that got crammed <laughs> into six issues. And, and that's that's maybe it, – it's disappointing, but it's maybe a good thing because I was left wanting. You know, I wanted to know more about certain characters. I well, wished- I don't know if they crammed 12 issues into six. I definitely felt like we're not – that there was more to come, but I don't think that um, that they – rushed all 12 issues in, in into half the time yeah I, I you know it's it, it, it's it, it's given kind of this kind of sense of conclusion you know the end of the first story arc i guess yes. you would call yeah, it yeah, yeah, that i'd agree with <clears throat> and and it's le- and it's left open but you know i i don't believe that there's any plans to go back to it right now and so there's some pretty interesting characters that I would have liked to have seen a lot more development in, but as it stands now, as as like a completed piece of work, it, it feels it feels really unfinished to me. Um, 
I, I enjoy I enjoyed it. Um, it. It's definitely a product of of the very early two thousands. I mean, this is yeah. with, without a doubt a, a British point of view on the um, imperialistic actions of the United States in the early 2000s you know which in the the uh, the first uh, uh, Iraqi war um, no right. the second second one second one um, sorry the first yeah, one was George back. W Bush is the big bad yeah yeah um, so I mean this is this is definitely uh, commentary on on the United States and their their reach into the into the the affairs of other other countries Um that's another thing is that we've kind of we've kind of seen this a few times since this was this was first done. Now so you're getting I, to my issues with it. Yeah, I you know I think if you were reading this fresh in in what 2001 is when it came out mm-hmm. ish. Uh, if you were reading this fresh in 2001, I I, I think that you would it would feel um, very very new very relevant. We we've had stories like this. Shit, you mentioned the Ultimates. I think the Ultimates has a lot of touches of yeah. that. We felt it in in a lot of other series. It's like the Well, I think I'd mentioned this whenever we were talking about Warren Ellis. Um, we get it. British comic book creators think our government sucks. <laughs> we get it. Yeah. Okay. Um, Sour I, effing I, grapes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like okay. Yeah, you know, I'm sorry. The shoe was on the other fucking foot 200 years ago. All right. Um, you know, go That's bark. Harsh. Up, go bark up another tree. Um, Poor Templar's like, hey, what did I do? <laughs> did you uh, just a, a little brief aside? Did you guys hear the Colbert commentary on the the choice of the new Superman yeah, actor? Yeah, no. Oh, it's hysterical. All right. I'll try yeah, it's very this. funny. Um, but you know that, that, that that's just that's just something I felt out of out of some British comics, and I'm not saying that it doesn't need to be told. I I, I would like to see some more American comic book creators have their political statements. It's more of it's 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 our you mean like Rambo three point five. Yeah, you know exactly. that. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that, Jim that, that's Rambo 3.5. It's it's our it's our fight to pick. I mean, it's commentary yeah. on yeah. us. And you know, I just, I kind of, yeah. It's it, anytime, and and you guys know. So you're, I, you're of the mind. It's like it's okay for Chris Rock to make jokes about like black folk, but a white comedian, it's like race, <laughs> that kind of thing. Kind of sort of, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, well, you know, it's kind of like someone you know picking on your on your little brother or sister. It's like, hey, I, I'm the only one that can pick on them. Right. Know? So it's yeah. like right when when people mock the shit out of Vince. It's like we want to fight them because it's only us that mock the shit out of them. Exactly. All right, I get that. See, so, I, I don't. Th- I guess I'm I'm the odd man out because I have zero patriotism. Well, that that's not even really what like zero. That. Like, yeah, pretty much no zero. It's just, just American. It doesn't mean anything. Not really. No. Wow. I mean, it's just, uh, it's just, have, just, have you wow. have you traveled Have you traveled abroad a lot? Yeah, I've been out of the country. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying, you know, it's not a nice place to live. It is. It's a, it's a very nice place to live. I actually kiss the fucking ground when I come back. It, it's. It's. Not, oh boy. Rah rah. 
Go USA. <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't I don't see it. I don't I don't look at it that way. It's yeah. it's well. Amazing. I mean, it, it's not. Even, anyway, it's not even a matter of patriotism as much as it is uh, a matter of just what we were saying. It's you, you know go go talk about what your country is doing to you know fuck oh you know fuck right. over other people because believe me, every country does it in some way. So you know yeah, leave right. leave the commentary on 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 our country to, to us. To the people who live. But you're right, though. British um, writers are more apt to engage in political uh, satire or investigations in American for some reason. Yeah. yeah, I mean... Well, I wonder, yeah. I, I presume, because I'm, I'm like, I do, do like 2000 AD or other British comics, popular comics and stuff, do they often have, like, political satire about British stuff? 2000 AD, I'm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's fine. As but, long as uh, it's fair game. As long as they're prone to doing it to themselves too. But but I don't I don't want I don't want those comments that I just made to to color my my feelings on class war because I I really did like it. It's something that that after class war I think when class war was doing it I I I don't I, I don't think the drum had been beaten so badly right, as, right. as it has now. So yeah. I, I think class war was was kind of one of the first books to do that in. You know, in, in the last, you know, in the Bush, the Bush era. Now, uh, how does the mm-hmm. with six issues and what is this three pencilers? You said no, two, two, two. two. Tra- Trevor so, and Travel. Okay, so so did 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 something happen with Trevor in terms of Trevor was uh, Trevor got hired basically by Marvel, so he had to eat. okay. Okay. So it was one of those things where, and 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 it took a while for these six issues to come out because scheduling, because uh, because I don't think. It's partly while they're, well, I think they recently resurfaced, but for a while, Com X kind of went away. Is because they they couldn't make it. So, um, and I'm I'm sure I'm being blunt with that. I don't want to. Hey, it, it was a it was a small a small publisher in the UK right. that was doing some cutting edge stuff, and yes. they were you know uh, under the radar. And yeah, I believe they are back. And this wasn't the only stuff. this wasn't the only book they were doing. They were publishing a couple of books, and uh, and I guess it just it wasn't happening. Trevor, um, he, he he was hired to do some of the ultimate work for for marvel so uh needed to finish the story and that's where travel foreman stepped in um and and how were they i guess what i was asking is because i'm familiar with what travel foreman looks like now like i think the last time i saw him was uh, it's not iron fist yeah it 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 disrupts the yeah right that's sometimes you can have like i don't care so much that he doesn't look like you're not you're not you're not going epting to mike perkins yeah, yeah, pretty much. much. Right, right. You're, you're going. Um, you're going Sean, from Texas you're, you're going, and Yeah, you're going. Yeah, oh, okay. like Sean, okay. like Sean Phillips to Brian Hitch. You know, yeah. it's okay. Yeah. Um, but it's still, I mean, it's still the same story. Everybody, you can still tell who everybody is. You know who America <laughs> well, is. You know who. Yeah, no, I mean, it's not like it's not like you're, you're just pointing, going, "Who the hell? Who am I supposed to make out here?" Um, my, as as Chris alluded to, my my issues with this story is because I, I recently read it, so I didn't read it when I did not read it when it was fresh and new. Um, we've seen this with the Ultimates, we've seen this with Supreme Power, we've seen um, the analogs of heroes that we enjoy reading turned on their on, on, on their head. That that's um, the the main characters are American, who's basically Superman, He's Superman. Yeah. Uh, Burner, who 
kind of like he's, he's not really the Human Torch, but basically he, he controls fire. Um, Icon, who is the uh, the Wonder Woman, yeah, there you go. Uh, heavyweight, who's the um, the big burly, the muscle. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's actually just just picture Roadblock, but with powers from GI yeah. Joe. Yeah. Uh, and um, and 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 Icon's, I guess, sister. I, I the, the, the bald chick whose whose name I can't remember right now. Phobia. I don't know what the hell her name was. Oh, uh, um, yeah, the the telepath. Right. Uh, because we've seen heroes go bad or rogue, this isn't. This really didn't break new ground to me. What my problem with this, as I'm reading it, is, and again, it's completely on me. We've had decades of Superman and Batman and Captain America stories. We've only had short spurts of heroes going bad. So it's very hard for me to feel. Yeah, it's like not that he went bad. He went. He went. He went rogue. Well, American went rogue, but you have the rest of his team still doing what they're doing, following orders, and and they really are not nice characters. And I've had that from so many other stories, but there isn't enough here in six issues since we don't have a history of these characters for me to give a crap about them. Yeah. So when when someone when Burner burns young American and 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 his his or his young American young American is basically like the Captain Marvel Junior. To, or, or Bucky. Yeah, Bucky. Yeah. Um, he, you know, when 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 his girlfriend as 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 she's going down on him. And, I don't know who was his uh, girlfriend. <laughs> well, yeah, they show the girl she picked up, and and she's going down on. No, they don't show it. They they show her head going out of the panel. So you know, yeah. you can leave it to your imagination. Um, and she gets burned alive, and then American and then young American gets you know beat the crap out of him. It's, it's cool. like I'm not. It's like I I want to care. I have a feeling that I should really feel some sort of emotion with this, but I don't because there hasn't been, even with Supreme Power, it's like we had what, 12, 9 issues of that, and it's like, I don't there isn't enough here for me to really give a crap about it. If this was Batman and all of a sudden, he turned bad, or you know, maybe Well, I mean, it, it, they, they didn't they didn't have the the even the small enough character moment for you to to feel connected to some of the characters exactly. and you know I, icon you get a couple moments of that and you start to think of her as you know obviously flawed and but you connect with her and of all of the uh anola uh, gay was is the name of the the super the american yes, super right, group. Right. out of all of them she's the she's the one that that you probably feel the most sympathetic towards and you know if there was to be a second series you definitely get the feeling that she would um, yes that yep. she would join forces with with american yeah. um you know there's there's also the uh uh the the government conspiracy guy who yeah apparently worked for the government or in a branch of the government at some point doing so the error of his ways and yeah and he's the one that that tips American off to. He's, yeah, he's just Jiminy Cricket. <clears throat> he's um oh who's the uh, uh he's he's deep throat from X Files. Um, Cigarette smoking man. No. <laughs> Cancer man. No the uh, the uh, the 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 black guy who was the uh, uh, the police. Oh oh oh! From Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh yeah, you know that that was the thing. I, I felt you know the the concept the concept was good. You know, it's basically 
imagine in DC that Superman goes rogue and the JLA has to track him down and 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 take him out. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's the big conflict is that um, the president and really the multinational corporation, nameless, faceless, um, oil companies, whatever that 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 pull the strings, um, basically instruct the president to, uh, invade a small island and quote unquote liberate it as a way of bringing public opinion back in his favor. Yeah. Sounds kind of familiar, right? And, uh, start a war and, and and to take, take away, take away the, um, the focus on American and, and what he's doing to, to kind of wake up the American public to, to what our government has, has become. And so the stage shifts from something I thought was very interesting. Same here. Which was American going through America and, and, uh, basically uh opening people's eyes and showing what yeah. had gone wrong and and righting wrongs and and exposing evil doers and now the stage shifts to this small yeah, uh now in south america for the rest yeah, of the now, story yeah it's the like, small really? the small island where american basically he goes there knows it's a trap knows that he shouldn't do it but he can't basically can't help himself and so it turns it takes a very big concept big story and then it focuses it not even in america but and and so i thought that it really lost its focus there it started stronger than it finished Uh yeah yeah i didn't i I, honestly i didn't care what happened to the island in the end because i was really not given any reason to care about it which is kind of like a lot of the characters in the book now that sounds harsh because i liked reading it and i and i did like it but i i really wish that it had been given like you know uh, a, a rising stars amount of issues to really build the world and set the scene and if this were the the, the first six issue arc and then they go back to america and and really get to you know the the head of the snake then i would be much more interested in it I want I want more Jefferson. I really I mean I I like that character as we get towards the end of the first six issues, and um, Jefferson was basically the, the the president's head guy for the Secret Service, <laughs> and he ends up uh, going through the same uh, experiment that I guess gave Enola Gay their their powers and the Super uh, Soldier program basically. Yeah. And and but he he ends up basically like shitting out his guts. His body can just do things that you know nobody else's body can. It, it actually there's one page in in the book towards the end of the the sixth issue where um, Bush is in is is in the uh, the Oval Office and all of a sudden you hear one of you hear a dog yip and then nothing and he turns around and, <laughs> Jefferson, and Jefferson says my leg seems to have eaten your dog sir yeah. <laughs> he, just, he, he randomly consumes objects oh. and and living creatures and like incorporates them it's I I guess it's how he you know metabolizes things yeah so that's cool yeah no so I'd like to see mine I'd like to see the American go up against. Jefferson go up against this guy, and I mean there were 
There, there Listen, some, it, it foreshadowed that that was going to happen. Absolutely, no. But that's what it, I'm saying, yeah, I would have loved to have seen the series if 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 we got the rest of the story. I'm sure I wouldn't feel as as because I probably would have more of a connection with the characters. And uh-huh. in, in a little connection, in a little time I had with them, I'm like, I'm not. This is a this is an Elseworlds from DC. It's. I'm well, not, I was going to say. So let me let me segue into that because it's something you said earlier, which is intrigues me. Which you were saying that you you had trouble with it because it's not like you know you've read a, a bunch of Batman, and so if Batman went bad, it'd be cool to you, but you don't really have a connection to these guys, so it doesn't really matter to you that they go bad. So, I mean. Where does that sit then with stories like, um, I mean, Squadron Supreme or Empire or Irredeemable or um, The Boys or well, God okay, Somewhere? So these, like, are, these are all these are all, all right. When when you get to Irredeemable and The Boys, I I, I stopped with both of those early on. The, the Boys uh-huh. for the, the same reasons. Well, no, the, the Boys Irredeemable because I just I wasn't I wasn't really feeling it. It was. Um, Probably because yeah, I, it it might also have to do with money at the time. It was it's it's something I'd like to go back to. I just mm-hmm. I haven't felt it, it's not high on the on the priority sure. list. Um, the boys I, I did like, but it just it it seemed like the joke was getting a little thin after a while. Mm-hmm. I think sure, I think fair. I kind of feel where Chris goes with with the boys. Right. I, I read everything I needed within like the first you know sure you know, sure issues. Um, you know I, I think saying like you know like Squadron Supreme uh, or actually Supreme Power. Um, See, that's the thing. Yeah, and with that, that was okay. That was supreme power. Was I, I enjoyed that a lot because it was a different take on a series that I loved back in the eighties. So it's like it's it, and it was it was max. Well, but it was like, that's what I'm asking. Like that's what I'm saying. Like you, I guess what I'm, what I'm asking is maybe was it something about this series specifically though? Because Squadron Supreme at the end of the yeah, day, you didn't yeah. know who those characters were before they went okay. bad. I mean, that but, was but, a, but, a, a book but of... here's the thing. This was, in my opinion, it, and it sounds like I'm ripping on it, but you know, I, I liked it. Once it's again, out I liked, of love. Uh, it was more concerned in making broad political statements than in getting you to care about the characters. Where okay, okay. Well, that, I mean, that's I, I agree criticism. with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so, Supreme Power. I I cared about you know Mark and Nighthawk. I mean, you were given reasons to, if not care about all those characters, right. at least connect with them. And yeah, so, I'm of like the completely different, like opposite tact when it comes to this stuff. I think in terms of superhero trope of turning bad or or going rogue, because to me, I guess having it just seems like after decades of knowing that these characters always come back to center, um, I can never take uh, a hero or that we know well of and think, oh boy, they're not really going to stay bad. I mean, even like, well, your boy, right? Even Hal Jordan right, turned into Parallax. <laughs> Parallax. Oh, which, which, yeah, which, which of course made perfect sense. But that was that. But my point is like that. But even that, they've they. It took a while, but they they went back to zero. Right now, Hal Jordan is yes, back to being yes, one yes, of the yes, main heroes right. in DC. Um, and you know, same thing. Even more uh, recently, uh, you know, the the whole Shadowland thing. I was down for that. Like at the at the start, thinking this could be cool. But what I would have thought would have made it cool is if Marvel toyed with the idea of making Daredevil the leader of the hand and evil, like for the sake of he made a choice, like he was fed up. That to right. me would have been awesome. Yes. But like to have a and six issue Yeah. Yeah, to have a six issue series where he's basically possessed by a evil force and then it's like back to square one. It's like, okay, well that's just what we that's yeah. You know, that's there's nothing interesting to me about that. Where yeah. whereas like if I'm reading um 
like you know I'm with you I, I don't per, I don't personally find um, uh, irredeemable that enjoyable I know a lot of people really enjoy it but like God Summer which I talked about a, a few months ago I loved right or the mighty like I, I love that concept because mm-hmm. I can buy in from Jump Street that these guys are capable of doing atrocious things and they're, no, no one is safe everyone can be killed and you're right I don't have as much an emotional attachment because they're new characters but I I guess I can buy into more that they're genuinely evil. Um, Vince, I, I know you read Savage Dragon. Now, I haven't read it, but I've, I've heard through the grapevine that we have something like that going on now in, in Savage Dragon. Something like that, yeah. And and that seems really cool to me because this is it a is. character that's been largely a heroic figure for, what, a 15 years now, 20 years? I don't know mm-hmm. how long it's been going on. Um, and they've kind of done the whole about face, right? And And it's like... And what's cool about it is I actually have the um, the origin issue. Uh, there's a image slipcase, a ten year slipcase, and it has the origin issue of when you find, you know, when he comes to Earth, uh, D- Dragon as right. as the evil emperor. Um, so That's I the zero issue. Yeah, I give him mad credit for actually going back to that well after all these years and doing something with it. So now, there's do you find as as a as a since you read that series religiously, do you find that his turning you know evil again is that like enhanced for you because you have you have a so much invested in that character i mean did that matter to you in well, a way that, I, mean, like, I don't want to give away the specifics because there's a there's a little bit more to it than that mm-hmm. but um again it's larson larson does whatever larson wants with the right. book that's exciting to me yeah. uh because uh, i didn't expect this to happen but that's the joy of it you don't mm-hmm. expect anything in savage dragon it's, there are storylines that just seem to just spring from nowhere and they make sense i'm in, dying in, to read savage dragon now because yeah. of <laughs> this event and what happened last, like, the, 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 like what you're saying, with these things I've heard happen, it's like, you're you're right. It's I'm I'm really intrigued now to think that Larson is basically does whatever the hell he wants, but he, he does. Well. Oh yeah. yeah, and the thing is, I think it's one of the only outlets for unbridled creativity. There are no strings attached to Larson or his characters, other than the fact that he owns them. He's not beholden to a company or a, an imprint or a corporation. Blah blah blah. He could do whatever he wants, and it shows in the book. Because it's just breakneck, willy-nilly, all over the place. Just when you think you know where it's going, bang! He he just casts the whole world into another. An, uh, he reshapes the world. He did uh, what, like twenty issues, a riff on Jack Kirby's uh, commandy type storytelling, where it was just it, it was a mock commandy series for like twenty issues. That is, I mean, filtered through. Kirby. It wasn't just a straight retelling of, of you know, the commandy type of storytelling, but it was like it. And that's just Eric sitting down saying, you know what? I love Jack. I'm gonna I'm gonna show them how much I love him. And he just riffs on on that type of storytelling. And then you get, you know, the whole big bad comes back over and over and over in many different forms. It's it's great. Savage Dragon is just totally unexpected. Did the third archives come out and I miss it? Um I have two on my shelf. It, it may have. Yeah, it may have. Uh, you know, I decided that I would much... Because I have almost a complete run. Right. So the only reason I was buying the archives was for convenience, where I didn't have right. to unbag those issues if I wanted to read them again. I like, that, I like looking at it in black and white, too. I do, I do too, but I think Savage Dragon works better in color. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah but, you know, I, yeah. I always like seeing... 
I'd buy it. What's the easiest NR, way to NR track down like, colored versions? Do you think the issues, or do they have trades on regular, like they're in print? Or oh, that... he's been kicking out. Uh, I mean, if a trade goes out of print, he's really good at maybe a year or two later put, bringing it back into print. There'll always be a nice chunk of Savage Dragon trades in print. So, and mm-hmm. my comic shop, you can get a nice run of Savage Dragon for like a buck something an issue. Mm-hmm. The 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 um fifty one hundred multiples of of fifty issues they There's go no for a little bit more. Versions or anything though? Not yet. Just, there should just be the archives at the moment, as far as yeah. I know, as far as Gripley collections. Yeah, and and you know how I feel about his penciling and inking. Man, it's butter. Mm-hmm. It's like it is. It's, like it's delicious it's work. Yeah. Yep. It can it's be keeping cool. corny, but yeah. Right, can can we do some love now? I mean, that yes. was love too, but it wasn't. Love, love. I want to do a couple fast things. I know. Don't. Yeah, I know. My version of fast. It's fast. So, 33, 34 minutes. We're good. Let's go. Stop it. I read the first issue from one of the stalwart comic creators. You've heard his name many, many times over the years. And this book is autographed in in silver Sharpie right in the front by none other than James Shooter. This this book was written by Jimmy Shooter and J.C. Vaughn. It was drawn, penciled, and inked by Patrick Olaf. And I I have to say, I love Pat Olaf. We've seen him on Spider's Girl Girl and Man over the years, and he did some 52 thing for DC, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, Well, guys got to eat. Yeah, uh-huh. but uh, I. It would stop. A fifty-two was dope. No, and it was, but yeah, but the 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 offshoots <laughs> weren't all that great. Right. Um, oh, okay. yeah, but yeah. The, yeah, but the World War Three was not awesome. Right. Yeah. I I haven't seen Pat Olaf look this good in forever. Wow. It's wow. In, in fact, it's so good. You know me in original art. I hesitate. Better than Untold Tales of Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I contacted Mr. Olaf's art dealer, and I reserved two pages. I don't know if I'm going to get them. Yep. Not what? you. Get yeah. the fuck out of here. There, there I are, buy art. I know. There are two pages in here that I'm not going to say because somebody's going to snipe me on them, and I'm not going to have uh. them, but they're just gorgeous. I, Pat's doing great work on this book. Huh. It, wow. Uh, colors by Dan Jackson. Lettering by Blambot and Raymond Swanland uh, does the cover art in the his typical painted style. It's Mighty Samson. Oh, from Dark Horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and I'm loving the uh, the resuscitation of the Gold Key characters at at Dark Horse. And I gotta say, I think Samson is the best first issue out of the bunch so far. No huh. kidding. Yeah, it's really good. Not exactly it, a high bar to hurdle, it, but oh <laughs> come on, I like them a lot. It, it if uh, and the original first issue of Mighty Samson from the Gold Key from 1964 is included in here, and Shooter didn't stray too far from the original premise. Post-apocalyptic world, you have the uh, two tribes, if if you will, the New Yorks and the Jers. So it's New York versus Jersey. <laughs> say, right? Yeah, and uh, it, it's it's pretty so cool. Jersey wins, right? Um, uh, in, in fact, the the jerseys no, the jerseys are very they're very du- duplicitous. They're good. Listen to Mr. Third Coast laughing over there. <laughs> the jerseys are very yeah, duplicitous we have, bastards. We don't, we don't have nearly enough uh, reality shows about about our fine state. Yeah. 
Hey, no, all it, I know is the situation has has us all beat because he made eight million dollars in the last year. Oh, so. God, oh. <laughs> but it's really cool. They're uh, shooter and um, Vaughn insert political maneuvering into the mix. Uh, you have like dignitaries from both sides. Uh, making a play like there's a status quo where one side will offer tribute to the other side in order to quell any kind of resistance and bloodshed and there's one guy uh that works uh for the jurors side um he's not having it he he's hey, Mr. Pre- he's pretty bloodthirsty <laughs> and uh he he manipulates uh and kills one of his own men in order to start a war between the the New Yorks and the Jerseys just to get his way and it lasts for years and years but in the middle of all this little Samson is born and oh. uh yeah and he rips the the finger like uh, off one of the the guys like he's basically a couple days or weeks old and he just rips the guy's finger off so they're like that kid there's something wrong with him and uh he eventually grows like this thing first issue spans maybe 18 years so he's a full-grown man and he is just tearing into the the jerseys it's really cool it's the first issue but there's germs of some really cool storytelling in here the uh character of charmaine if you were familiar with the original series mr olaf renders charmaine Ooh, she's a redhead and man it's sexy Pat Olaf's sexy. Think about it. That's awesome. the, the guy's got chops. And you have the pathos, like Samson's mother gets killed in a skirmish. There's there's fantastic creatures. It's it's great. And it's only three fifty. You get two issues worth of material. Get the original issue from sixty four and the new issue. It's great stuff. I highly suggest you buy this. I, I wish Samson. I knew Olaf was drawing here. I really do. Yeah, I haven't been buying the gold key stuff, but uh, I might pick this up now on your reco. Oh, it's yeah. good. Yeah. If, well, Olaf, he, he's, he's, I think he's pretty flawless. I love the way the guy renders. It's, uh, it, it looks very quick, but I think it, um. I was checking out his blog. Shit's tight. Yeah, it, it, but that's the thing. It's, it's you very loose. It's him, but it's still, it's still, I mean, it's, it's strong stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's very strong. I liked it a lot. And, uh, so there you go. That's Mighty Samson. I, Originally, was kind of lukewarm on this, the first issue of this series, because uh, truth be told, there wasn't really much presented, but I read issues one, two, five of Images Skull Kickers, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the yeah. book really comes into its own. It, yeah. I, I like it a lot. Yeah. Have, have any of you been reading it, Chris? No. No, but it's it's on the list of things that um, I, I want to check out here. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's on the radar. And, uh, I, I was hungry for a fantasy book that wasn't, um, you know, mired in a massively multiplayer online game like like the, <laughs> you know, Worlds of Warcraft World, or something World like that. I love fantasy storytelling, and uh, this is written by Jim Zubkovich, uh, line art by Edwin Huang, Misty Coates does the color, and I'm sure that's a pseudonym, or or a. Yeah, nom de plume, whatever. Letters by Marshall Dillon, I'm sure that is too. And uh covers by Chris Stevens. This guy uh is really good with paint. The covers are fantastic. But it's uh, five issues in, it wraps up the first arc. We still do not know the names of the two main characters. Ew. Yes, where the dwarf is told, we're told to call him Shorty and the tall hulking human is Baldy. 
and mm-hmm. that's right from the the writer i mean the, he said you'll eventually find out their names but he's in no rush and it, it i'm in no rush to learn them because i know everything about these characters i need to know a name is only gonna you know put the cherry on top mm-hmm. what's the big deal about a name and the, hey david I, I wonder if we're ever going to get the uh the uh fourth and fifth issues of bad wolf <laughs> bad what's bad wolf Oh, the the, uh, the uh, Joe Kelly Joe Kelly oh, thing, bad yeah. Dog. Oh, bad, bad dog. dog. Sorry, yeah. bad dog. Yeah, bad uh, dog. That yes. would be great. I'd like but, to read that. I'll hold my breath. Yeah. Eh, the, I got generator back. Yeah, Shorty and Baldy are still on the hunt for that uh, Chancellor's body. That's all these five issues are. They're they're going to retrieve a body, and it's all the uh, adventures they. Uh, fall into on the way to get the body and it's really cool there's there's one section in the the second issue where they they run into these um i'm assuming it's a husband and wife they're uh poisonistas i guess maybe they're assassins that uh poison is their stock and trade and they're arguing about how to mix poison and the correct way to do it and their uh caravan gets besieged by goblins but Baldy and Shorty were going to attack them anyway, so they let the goblins soften them up. They steal a horse and some money from them, but they also take a pot of stew from one of from the the lady poisonier that has been laced with something. And in the third issue, it's really cool. The dwarf eats the stew and trips off his ass on the poison. And there's double page spreads in this thing. You have to see them. They're gorgeous. There's uh, the dwarf is standing there, and there's this this bull, and the mane. I guess you can call it a mane. The hair on the bull's back is it's very Starlin-esque. Now that I think about it, there's um, the you can see the cosmos in the mane, and it's all undulating and swirling, and it turns into this torrent of water, and then it turns into this snake. It's really cool. But the the a bison bull, whatever it is gives him a little portent of doom some uh foreshadowing that this guy's going to be really important for some reason and uh he's got to face his days with courage and vanquish your enemies in a kingdom like no other will be yours for the taking and there are other things that are working into it there's prophecy and then on the next page another double page spread and it's really cool because the the, rich, the first double page is done in blues and browns and then you flip it and it's purples and oranges and reds it's really striking but there's tentacles and the tentacles break off they're purple and inside the tentacles there's turquoise water it's really cool it's you got to see it it's unbelievably well done but i mean they run into goblins and undead and there's a necromancer it's it's just balls out fun and i wasn't searching for layers and there there really isn't any with this book it's just <laughs> no it's just it's straight ahead mm-hmm. you know fantasy based adventure adventure and adventuring and you know the the um it's it's uh cool the necromancer is stabbing these dead bodies with this mystical dagger and he's doing this incantations and stuff and he manages to stab the dwarf in the leg so the leg is now under the power of the necromancer so it's like slapstick the the dwarf is kicking himself in the ass with his own leg he's his leg is beating up on the rest of his body it's cool and uh the necromancer has this gem that he wears around his neck and unfortunately Baldy destroys it, which unleashes a whole lot of bad news. 
great stuff. Skull Kickers. I, there's a reason why this book is popular. Now I understand yeah. it. I, I didn't get it with the first issue. I was like, yeah, it's good, but you know, I don't understand the sellout. Now I kind of do. There was um, a I fanboy don't miss uh, episode on the first on the first uh, issue. Which you see, first issue was a bit of a crapshoot because we didn't mm-hmm. really know all that much, and I don't. I mean, it was plotted well, but there wasn't really enough meat on the bone. Five issues, yeah. They, that's a, a cool. full meal. I get it. Now. Yeah. yeah. And if you like Darkstalkers, the art is along the lines of what we've seen in the Darkstalker comics, which is to say it's great. It's mm, There's a little... Say, b- you just lost me. <laughs> really? Well, I mean, I, yeah. I, I, was, I was actually all... I was like, oh, I'll try this. I'll pick up the tree. But if it's really that much like Darkstalkers, I'm not feeling... To me, Darkstalkers looks like a, a 90s video game. Like, I don't... It doesn't... I the, don't know. the coloring by uh, Misty Coats is I think it's the best part of the book because okay. you it she uses or he she whoever it is uses a palette that you don't normally see in comics the colors are very striking there there's a lot of super saturated color and uh, there's one little technique that they use where I mean from my experience in uh Corel uh, painter it looks like she's they're taking the rake tool and doing this real neat swirly effect where it almost looks like a thumbprint but the thumbprint will be in in one color and the the background will be in a, a complementary color it's really striking it's i like it a lot but it it is very dark stalker-esque but tight dark stalkers it's not like there's not a full page splash every other page okay. you know it's storytelling it's it's very uh, concentrated in spots and in other spots it's allowed to breathe so don't I forget I said Darkstalkers but right. it is kind of we'll, like I'll rewind I forget you said that yeah. <laughs> I like it a lot Skull Kickers it's great I'm done 11 o'clock is what's up I'm finally happy you guys got the voicemail going again because I missed it um, I'm not going to bug you Chris Neesman because um, it's a new year and I wanted to start fresh so anyway a couple of weeks ago, you gentlemen were talking about Angel Medina, and I just happened to be at the dollar store where they were selling comics for a dollar. <laughs> Surprise. It was two for, well, two for a buck. So in this pack, I got an issue of Warlock and an Infinity Watch number two, drawn by Angel Medina. And I have to say, I'm really in love with his artwork, and I'm going to hunt down the rest of these issues. I've been familiar with him for a while. I always loved his work on Kiss Cycle Circus. I don't know, I know seeing his early 90s stuff was really, um, was really cool. Actually, I kind of miss it. And like Wood and King Dap, I would love to see Angel Medina come back to the sequence of pages. But that's it. So I'm going to leave. Happy New Year, and I'm going to call you again, and maybe next time I'll bugging Eastman. But I'll probably not, because I'm going to be good this year. I eleven clockers is Haas and I'm out. Peace. Take it I away. found something I really like. Bring it. Um, every once in a while, and it, and it's hard, but every once in a while, I'll find a new comic book magazine that is really awesome, and it, it takes a lot in today's internet age uh, for me to get excited about uh, an actual. Um, paper magazine but have you all been reading comic heroes that's that british thing isn't it yeah wow it is it is um from uh from the same people that do sfx magazine oh and i i 
Uh, <laughs> He's fun. No, is no, it the same uh, upscale production values on it? Because that yeah, SFX it's, it's, is glossy all through. It is a it's it's a really well put together magazine, and uh, it comes in a um, um, oh a uh, uh, poly bag. An, it was no an envelope, uh, like a paper envelope, not a poly bag, and like a Manila folder. Yeah, well, it would no, yeah, but made out of like car, like a cardstock folder. Okay. Uh, oh, that's cool. But, but really nicely printed uh, one, and and inside the folder is not just the magazine. No, 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 not just the magazine. Ooh. But you also get um, the Sidekick comic, which is a. Uh, I uh, saw that. Yeah, it's yes. a comic of of previews, and so you'll get like oh, we'll say. Uh, four to six pages of of previews for upcoming comics and uh and in this one it had uh, uh infinite vacation the uh, new nick spencer book had uh, a nice little oh one two three four five uh page preview of that it had uh i guess they're doing reprints of uh kirby's the fly and so it had some excerpts from that. It had uh, Number Cruncher, and uh, and some uh, and some other stuff that looks pretty. Uh, there's oh a Tim Seeley uh, comic in here. Uh, really? What is um, it? Uh, the Occultist. Oh, oh yeah. that just came out first issue, yeah. not too long ago. Yep. Um, and Gonzo from Dark Horse. Uh, so, I had, so yeah, so it had you know just just a a really nice mix. Uh, Mobot High, which has Vince Love written all all over it. <laughs> Um uh, yeah, some really cool stuff in that. And that that this is not even in the magazine. This is um uh, a little bonus throw in. You also oh, cool. got the um uh the entire first issue of The Traveler, the new uh uh, uh Stanley Stan, 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 well, Stanley inspired Mark Wade written um <laughs> comic. And yeah. you know, it's yeah, you're doing, you know, I think I think we can all agree that Stan's Stan's better creative days are probably past him, <laughs> but but Mark Wade's a hell of a hell of a writer, so I'll give it a chance. Yeah. I have not read this yet, but had uh, the first issue of the Traveler with an exclusive cover, and uh, and three uh, postcards that all have um, uh, Jack Kirby uh, covers. It's uh, the Fly uh, number one, I believe, uh, Fighting mm-hmm. American. And, uh, and and stuntman. Um, oh, so some. That, yes. That's the thing with the British magazines. They always give gifts, like yeah. free, free uh-huh. gift. You know, that's what it how says. come it's five free gifts? But yeah, yeah this little you know these uh, golden golden age Kirby uh, cover reproduction postcards, and I will throw them in my you know in my in my bag. And the next time I feel like sending someone a postcard, they'll probably get one of these. Um, but now the actual magazine itself, some really nice in-depth uh, interviews and articles. You've got uh, a, a big interview with Kevin O'Neill talking about the new League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which will be coming out in the next uh, what two months or so. It's coming yeah. out uh, April. Uh, you've got uh, Adam Hughes uh, interview, uh, a really nice uh, article on the essential entry points uh, for reading Batman. So it breaks down some of the the key Batman stories that people can jump into. <clears throat> it's got a, a, a Odyssey's in there, right? Um, <laughs> well, let's go to page. It should be. Oh yeah, I'll tell you. No. Way, not lost to me was the fact that your wife went to pick up your two books of the week and one uh-huh. of them. Was that, and one of them that is, yeah. Oh, was dude, the other one tarot. 
No, it was Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> what was it? Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay, I can forget that was Sonic. No, be, wait, before we move on, on, about Odyssey, it's issue six. I am not... Sense. No, yes, it does. But, David, you'll, you'll appreciate this. I didn't count exactly, but I'm guessing that there are more than 200 dialogue balloons in this issue. Wow. I'm not kidding. I, it will take you days to read this damn thing. <laughs> there is just text all over the place. And some of the pages have like 10, 12 panels. It's insane. I, I, I don't know where he's going with this book. But that's the fun thing about it. I have no idea what he's trying to do. Um, so anyway, uh, a really nice uh, Mobius uh, article. Oh, They've got uh, an in-depth interview with Paul Levitz on the making of DC Comics uh, 75th yeah. uh, anniversary book from Tashin. There is a, uh, we had talked about Rob Williams earlier who wrote uh, Class War. He has uh, an article in here on uh, uh, how to draw comics. Um, and there is all sorts of, all sorts of really good stuff. So uh, a nice little Brian Talbot interview. It's uh, it, it definitely has a, a British feel to it, but uh, this is for uh, superhero fans, for alternative comic fans, for yeah. um, you know 2000 AD stuff, licensed property stuff. It uh, this is everything I ever wanted uh, Wizard to be. And now that's still on the stands because if I remember correctly, I saw that Monday at the Borders. Pick it up. It, it's it's got some it's, really really nice stuff in it's it. It's like what eleven ninety nine? Uh, about that. Um, yeah, it was something like, like eight, that. Eight eight pounds, whatever that translates <laughs> to. <laughs> you need a wheelbarrow to take it home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's 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 pretty diverse. It's got uh, got a lot of nice stuff in it. So that's comic heroes, and um, on it. I'm on it. Yeah. Hitting Barnes and Noble now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they up, they up, have up. it. Mm-hmm. Apparently in in the UK they have uh, I see this uh, ad on the back page it says for the first time ever the complete ten DVD limited edition of uh, the Spider Man cartoon with the ninety Spider Man cartoon. Mm. So if you'd like a copy, reserve one at your news agent. Mm-hmm. I love when they say that. <laughs> we don't have news agents in the United no, States we anymore. No, no, finer comic shops. So yeah, that's uh, I've been. Uh, it, it's definitely uh, um, has uh, uh, place of honor in the bathroom. So I've been. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <sighs> that's that's what I do with my magazines. You know? Okay. Uh-huh. This magazine smells like poop. <laughs> 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 you know what I want to talk about, and I guess it has Keep something smart to do. Read my magazines. To yeah. do with the uh, the sales figures that they're uh, bouncing around on our forum, and it's bullpenbulletinspodcast.com forward slash forum, uh, how this January didn't measure up to last January, and the numbers are in the toilet, and, you know, boo- no, I'm, I'm not talking about numbers per se, but... Um, uh, if you've been listening, you know that I have relatively recently um, gave a big old bear hug to Tim Seeley's Hack Slash. Mm-hmm. And as I was reading that, uh, the Murder Messiah annual, and the information that, you know, comics are doing bad and things are, are, aren't selling the way they should and the numbers are in the toilet. But yet, someone like myself who has read comics for like the better part of 30 years, probably more, can still find something magically new amidst, 
um, Jesus, amidst all this, you know, doom and gloom. And then I find something like Hat Slash that just totally upends my my collecting habits because I don't like to buy singles. But I buy singles for every time I see a Hack Slash book, boom, I put it down. I have to have it. How can this be in such a, you know, a downturn? How can something like this happen? That there's there's stumped something magic out there just waiting for you to find it and yet comics aren't selling. What's the deal? Do you see do you know what I'm uh, I'm trying to say with this? Well, I, I don't think I'm being mean, clear. But there's even, still over five hundred items that shipped in. That's what I'm saying. So. Even even though sales are, are poop, there's there's something out there that can really light a fire under your ass. Like I had no idea this book was this good. Mm-hmm. Completely oblivious to it. And then, you know, I've been pushed and prodded into reading it and I read it and was like, Why did I let this go for so long? And there's a book out there I think like that for everyone, really. You you know, re- I, I got into the there's a comic for everyone discussion. Um, Jason will love this. I was at the curling club on uh, <laughs> nice. on, on Monday. Can you brush on? <laughs> Do we get to see you in action when we're down there? Oh, it, uh, perha- the, the, it could it could happen. Yeah. We could go curling. I'm picturing uh, Chris passed out at some point <laughs> in the middle of the weekend and us videotaping some kind of room. room Is curling. there a tabletop yeah, version of curling, like a stratomatic curling that we can do? No. Little tiny, little tiny brushes. No. But uh, so we were we were doing some broom stacking, which is 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 code for drinking after we played, and uh, <laughs> uh, uh, they have their own language. Uh, before uh, we shut up. <laughs> uh, uh, the subject, The Walking Dead, came up, mm-hmm. and and I mentioned that. Oh yeah, I I've been reading that for for years. And I'm reading it. It's like yeah, it's a comic. Like, they had no idea that it was no idea that it was a comic, um, and just kind of started talking about some some other stuff. And I was you know surrounded by a table of people that were all uh, in between. 28 and probably 45 and educated people you know just kind of common everyday folks literally had no idea that there are comics out there that aren't batman spider-man superman Mm-hmm. And well, yeah. so, so I, I, after talking, you know, I was like, you know, what's your favorite movies? What are your favorite shows? That kind of stuff. So, on next Monday, I'm taking, you know, a hundred bullets and Why the Last Man and Walking Dead and mm-hmm. and Fables and you know these these four people I was talking with. I was like, okay, well, I think I, I think I have some comics for for all of you guys, and and so you know I'm gonna gonna take those and see what they think and uh it also kind of freaked me out because i was thinking about that walking dead fables uh 100 bullets and uh why the last man three of those four are vertigo titles yep yeah. so yeah i i, well, I hope you, hope dc realizes that you know uh <laughs> no i think you make a good point i i i these these conversations are never going to go away but they no. they, they they get kind of um I don't know, exasperating sometimes. And I was thinking about it in the context of these numbers and thinking that, you know, we get sometimes caught up in the little bubble of the comics universe because it's something we're so passionate about. But the next time, for the adults out there listening, I presume most people are adults out there, the next time you're hanging out with your buddies or you're at a party with your wife and other neighbors or whatever, just casually start bringing up the idea of reading books and take a moment to think about how 
many adults don't read books. True. It's true. Because true. it's mm-hmm. fucking baffling to me. I, I I have some of my best friends in the world and like I'll I'll bring up like a book that I'm reading and they'll their response will be totally national like, I don't really read books. And I'm like, Well you mean you don't, you don't have time to no, I don't really read books. So I'll be like one of my buddies who actually got me intro- actually introduced me to fantasy football, like the first guy that ever introduced me like so fifteen, sixteen years ago. He told me a couple weeks ago that he hasn't read a book in probably a decade. That's and this crazy. is a white collar, six wow. figure, educated dude, you know, and this isn't like some mouth breather. It's just and and uh <laughs> no, I'm just saying like it, it it's it's so I'm not I, my point is is that there's just no matter what you're into, the consumption of it is probably a lot less than you realize. Unless it's the lowest common denominator stuff, which these days is movies and TV. You know, yeah. and, Oprah. And, and there's nothing wrong. Hey, I, I watch plenty of TV and movies, so I don't want to come off as uh, I don't want anyone to listen to us and think I'm coming off as like elitist. I watch TV, I watch movies. I'm not making a value judgment on that. I'm just saying that it seems to me that like the consumption of visual media is is thriving, but um, but like just just you know, other other written forms and stuff is just uh, in secular decline, and yeah. it's not. I mean, you can we can lament it and say how oh woe is me, but it is what it is. You know, I mean, um, it's, it's times change. You know, like uh, my grandfather listened to the radio, and he swore till the day he died that radio programs were much better and purer and more entertaining because you had to use your imagination than televised shows, right? And right. I always thought he was nuts because I'm like, why would you want to listen to? What's happening instead of watching it? So it, times change, you know. Um, yeah, but this past week wasn't uh, this Eric Powell di- diversity in comics thing? Like there was a bunch of guys on Twitter um, rallying to the cause and and doing mm-hmm. these 140 line or whatever how many characters that is, you know, like try this book. And that wasn't the part that made me raise an eyebrow. It was the part where there were a couple creators. Uh, specifically that said you know it's your job to get the word out there yeah and that's where i kind of draw the line you know i mean we are the biggest evangelists of comics because we do the stupid show but i really don't think that you should uh petition your readership to do your promotion for you i don't think that's a good idea uh, it's it's not it's not really fair to expect someone who's giving you money for something to go out and also promote it you know what I mean? So I, I felt a little little weird uh, when I read well, that. You know, it's it honestly, it's it's the last option they've got. Mm. No, yeah, it, there, there's that. It, yeah, I mean, word of mouth is it, great, it's, but it's it's the, it's the it's the last option they've got. It was almost because, like a because, desperate because, plea, because, like please because, tell somebody about this. Because you know what? For the most part, retailers don't. Most retailers will just sit behind the counter and let people come in do their shopping check out it's i not nearly not nearly the kind of of suggestions being made at the retail level that there should be you know why and and and, well fans for a lot of reasons but i think that fans have kind of taken it on themselves to you know to to go out and and you know spread the gospel to be you know those evangelists for for comics and i think that's part of the cozy relationship that's developed between creators and fans and that's there's pros and cons to it but you know unfortunately i think just because of the niche uh, aspect of the industry from a marketing perspective that's about all that especially creator owned 
creators. That's the thing. That's what I was getting that's, at. That's, you know, they don't have a marketing machine. To, well, to look, well, like, the, reta it, it, the retailers well, don't actively, well, not support. The retailers don't actively promote books that they don't think they're going to see a return on. Like Marvel and DC, they basically sell themselves. The ones sure. that do sell from Marvel and DC, and they drive the market. So can you expect a guy behind a register that's only going to make a couple bucks off your book really you know, step up and say, hey, this book is great. I would like to sell 100 or 200 copies of this every time it comes out when they don't have to do anything for you know, Batman or, well, or X-Men. You know? I mean, to me, it's like... Uh, it, it look the, nothing pleases me more than to hear from like Jim Rugg to say that you know our and a couple other podcasts talking about aphrodisiac made, made an impact made on their difference. sales right? Yeah. Um, right that's awesome but let's also but it cuts both ways while that's awesome to hear the reality is that also is kind of sad because it's <laughs> no no it shows you that oh no, yeah you're, you're right that, you're right that unfortunately these books aren't getting out there enough that like if we're adding a couple hundred you know to their sales and that matters well that's a bummer right like i i want them to be selling 50,000 copies so that you know even if we pimp the hell out of it for 8 weeks straight he won't be able to tell because you know he's already so it's just a reach thing and that's the thing i mean I, that is really where i kind of have gotten really kind of exhausted from all this it's just that i, I don't know that you can tell someone to care or not to care um i certainly think anyone out there that just wants to read the books and doesn't want to pay any attention to the industry stuff it's totally understandable and i applaud you for it and um, and, and, and that's 90 absolutely and that's fine i don't think you should feel guilty yeah. i don't think it's like vince i don't think anyone should make you feel guilty if that's what you want to do you're ultimately there to consume and to enjoy the and as long as you uh, as long as you're paying for what you're reading and you're, you know, you're 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 going about it in a legal way, I think that's your only real obligation, if there is one. Um, obviously, we're of a different cloth. We we are passionate about it to a fault. We we care about that stuff probably more than we should. I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. But I do think there has to come a little bit of a thing where you got to stop slamming your head against the wall. Yep. And um, I can't sweat what's going to happen in the industry. I, you know, we we do a podcast, we go to cons, we have, but I'm not in the industry. I'm not a creator, not an editor. I don't own a publishing company. Um, I, I you know, I don't foresee doing any of those things anytime down the road. So I really have no control over what happens to the industry. Uh, in aggregate, I have no control over it. So <laughs> we, um, we 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 compare, or I compare comics to sports probably more than than Vince ever wants me to. It really bit. is it really is kind of like being a, an Uber fan for a sports team. You can be the biggest fan in the world. At the end of the day, it's not going to have any effect of how that team plays on the field. You know. True. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's, I it's, I think uh, there's another thread on our forum about the comic apocalypse. What would happen uh, if Marvel? If Marvel and am I breaking up? Actually, started no. by Steve Bryant. I yeah, by Steve. Yeah. If Marvel and DC ever just went tits up and stopped, I think that would be the best thing for comics. I, was I so love proud of our, I, was I so love proud chaos, of and and I love uh, uncertainty, and I think a reset button on this disgusting mess of a direct market would be the absolute best thing that could ever happen to comic books get this one distributor bullshit out of here and yeah it before the dust settled and things started to grow again it would be a mess it would be terrible a lot of people would be very uncomfortable and very much without money and you know but you need listen to me i'm not in the business but i think that's a necessary evil to get where comics 
as an art form should yeah. be, you you need to to break that shit down in order for it to build it back up again in the right way this time. But uh, ba- basic, basically, what it did, it posed the question of if if all of the characters that you love at Marvel and DC were taken off the comic shelves tomorrow, like mm-hmm. no more Batman, no more Spider Man, no more Superman blah, 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 anything Marvel or DC. If those were just taken off the shelves, would you continue to buy comics? And I was proud, oh, yes. of, I was proud of our forum because there wasn't one, one response in the poll that was, I, I would say. No, stop. there was one. There was, was one. Was there one? Okay. Yeah, there I, was one. I can guess who. But basically what the question is, uh, if creators could only work on their own stuff, would you do you think that's a good thing? And I think oh, overwhelmingly, so awesome. people said, "Yeah, all things e- e- being equal, you know, and and not taking their livelihoods out of the equation, you know, and 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 that kind of stuff." Would the end product be better? And I think everyone agreed that yeah, if creators were able to just work on on their ideas, that that it would be pretty awesome. Yep, you wouldn't have the reluctance to abandon uh, paper by the big two. You could, uh, you, we would have a, a maybe a new method of, li- of delivery that would be even better than than paper. Who knows? That's just the thing. You you can't realize the possibilities unless you take the chance. And and a, a, a widespread apocalypse that would that would be the chance. You know, yeah, I, I get all that, but I'm not still not sure I buy it because. There are way more people out there wanting and capable of creating comics that aren't being stopped from being uber creative because they don't really have a shot at working at the big two right now anyway. So I, I just I don't buy that that magically if those uh, forty writers that work at Marvel and DC on a regular basis and eighty to a hundred pencilers all of a sudden found themselves unable to draw Batman and Superman and Spider Man that all of a sudden there would be this deluge of creative things frankly i think a lot of those guys have to make livings and they'd go on and do things like advertising and yeah. right graphic art but, and stuff. but but and, in, and the in, guys that are doing real creative stuff are nothing stopping them from doing that now it, it, right. again if the argument is you can't do it now because you can't make a living getting rid of marvel and DC he doesn't change that you're still won't be able to make it, a living it, doing it, it but so no no it no it does in 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 a sense that they will not the deluge deluge of marvel and dc books in the marketplace won't be there so there right. will be more there won't be room. but again you're 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 playing both sides of the fence though because what will i mean uh if 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 what if in this hypothetical which is uh, you're always whenever you're dealing with hypotheticals it's kind of you know yeah, sure. silly because you can make the strong argument but but the direct market ceases to exist i mean so right so then you're so you're who- talking about right but then so my point is is then it, you're back to where you are now which is that all these guys might be doing their own thing but where is it going to sell so now maybe over time eventually they find outlets but it's got to change. I mean, I, there's. It's not like, again, if the argument is, well, these guys can't make their livings in the direct market. Okay, well, how many of them are making their livings outside of the direct market? Because that's where they'd be faced with without Marvel and yeah. DC being there. That's all I'm saying. Is like, mm-hmm. I get like the feel. I, I like I. I get the the intellectual appeal of, oh, what a great halcyon time it would be creatively. I'm just not sure. In the practice, it's true. I don't necessarily think it to be true. I, well, you know, and 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 you made you made a nice point. I think that that. That Vince and David would probably agree that um, you, if you kind of play this game at home by yourself and 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 look at at everything that's maybe not big two right now, there's there's a lot of really good stuff out there. You can you can you can you know play this game at home right now and 
and be really happy with the creative output from from a lot of different creators. Right. You mentioned Jim Rugg. You know what? There's there are other people like Jim Rugg out there that are doing some pretty awesome and groundbreaking work. Adam Hines, Tim Seeley. You know, there's, a laundry yeah. list is is a mile long. But but what I'm saying is, and Jason, I understand where you're coming from, and and I agree to a certain extent that. It would be, it's not certain. These guys that are trying to jockey for a position under that very dim bulb of, of that spotlight, mm -hmm. as opposed to the big two, yeah, maybe they wouldn't make it. But don't you think their chances are increased now that there's not the Spider-Mans and the Supermans and everybody, uh, all uh, those characters? No, because, again, your your idea, your argument doesn't hold because... It wouldn't be increased because you're because there would be no shelves for them to put it on, right? Well, like, not right, words, but that's the, the thing. There'll be something else. But no, no. But what I'm saying is the opportunity for all these guys currently today is to find a way to break out of the direct market. I believe that's the way they can get the best success. It's like what Kirkman said in response to Eric Powell's thing today. You know what? Yes, creator-owned stuff is is struggling in the direct market, but. Wow. Uh, but but twelve of the top twenty graphic novels that sold in two thousand ten outside of the direct market were creator owned books. So, so when you don't have it, a direct market, if, isn't that an instant breakout? There no, is no direct market, so the playing field but, is level. Missing, but what I'm, no, the playing field outside of the direct market is currently level. That's what I'm saying. Because the direct level. market consumes all the attention. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but so I'm, therefore, the guy that comes up with the bright idea of the new way of like even if it's just through your website. He he he! You know, by word of mouth or this. Stopping them from doing that now. The direct market, because it, because most of the money that people who do buy comic books is funneled into the big two. The majority dude, of, of I, dollars. Do you honestly think? Wait a minute. In 2011, where to this to, in currently we still have 80 percent of comic sales are Marvel and DC. Do you honestly think if they cease to exist tomorrow, that that even a fraction of those dollars would get reallocated? Yeah. The well, that's the question. Our, well, that's the, the question. All of the guys on our forum answered the way we did is because our forum is atypical because yeah. the people that hang yeah. out they hang out uh, because un they un like. Unfortunately, we have. Well, that's the test. And it that's was the it was the it was the it was the 90s bust. People people got tired of what was out there, and even though there was stuff like Love and Rockets and you know Starman and Alan Moore's ABC stuff, whatever, even Eight. though there was other stuff that was available, people, me included, packed up our bags and went home. So, I mean, but also kind of too, again, and I'm sure David shares this with me. I know Chris and Vince are in different places right now, but I said in that response, I would absolutely keep reading comics, no question. However, I also would ha would undeniably spend less on comics, at least new comics. I may start buying more back issues or older stuff, but I, I would. I mean, I my budget now is there's a huge chunk of it that goes to Marvel and DC, happily so. So if they got if they magically disappeared, you're, I'm not going to keep spending three hundred dollars a month on comics. There's no way. There's not. It's not like I'm not buying other like a lot right. of the indie stuff because I'm buying. Yeah. I'm choosing not to because it doesn't interest me, or I'm not. I have enough of it. So you, are, you already buy what you want. Yeah. Whether, so whether what I'm saying is, yeah. is and and that's my point is, is like so. Yes, you might argue a guy that's buying six books a month is a thirty dollar budget. Might he buy one or two image books now, or a dark horse book, or an indie book because he's not buying more of Maybe, maybe. But I suspect as many of those guys are just stop buying comics. Yeah. So. That's fucking sad. 
Well, yeah. like I said, it's, it's already. I mean, Jesus, happened. how how many years can you can you ride that freaking treadmill before you realize it's a oh, joke? Bro, I mean, look, again, this is where I got to call spade a spade. Here. What you like, dude? Thirty years, dude, All being right. on that train. You can't get off the train like a you're like a reformed sex addict. You can't get off the train and then act like it was horrible to ever be on it. No, I, I no. It was great to be on it. A year ago, in three months, we had Fred Van Lenthe month because of you. A year ago, you were gushing about Hulk, wanting to spend an hour talking about it. and We were happy to jump in with you. So you can't because you're not feeling the vibe right now. You felt the vibe for thirty years, dude. You had hundreds of Batman issues. You had hundreds. <laughs> Too of many. Two years ago, Too you on the many. show said you could never imagine not buying Action Comics. You said that's. I know, way. I know, I know. But right? then you got to grow up sometimes. You know what I mean? Saying, Take you're, the friggin' pacifier out of your mouth and get real. You're in your mid-40s <laughs> now, and you've just come to this conclusion, right? So, like, nah, I'm just I, trying to piss people off. That's like, what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> you're probably doing a good job of it. <laughs> <laughs> Buy what you effing like, dude. And like, right, it, and I understand like, that. The idea but, that it's wrong to like superhero comics now just baffles me. Like, None of us would be having pod, comics podcasts podcast cons and all of it wouldn't exist if we didn't all love superhero comics yep that's just the truth yes mocha and spx and 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 uh Stumptown and all that yes they would exist but dude like we wouldn't have a hundred thousand people at new york comic-con we wouldn't be bitching you know we wouldn't be giddy about going to cito cito's we wouldn't talk about oh maybe we'll get to san diego someday we wouldn't have this podcast if superhero comics weren't huge because that's what got us all here in the first place it doesn't mean we got to stick with them doesn't mean you have to still love them but dude like that's the common if there's one common funnel that holds most of us together including the people that listen to the show it's that in some facet of our lives whether it's past present or future we adore superhero comics it's just yep. the, the it's, issue it's, we have with it is i think that you is that as you get older you realize you shouldn't be solely beholden to it, and I think Eric Powell's point got lost in the in the sauce a little bit of a satire. I don't have an issue with his underlying point, which is that any time an industry gets overtaken by one particular facet, it's dangerous. And I agree, having so much of the industry predicated on superhero comics is dangerous. I don't disagree with that, but it's also not new news. It's not that's not know. new. It's comics' greatest strength is all, also its greatest uh, detriment. Because yeah. it I mean, stigmatizes I comics, it's, it gives the cultural perception of comics as being nothing more than, you know, male adolescent power fantasies, and that's not true, because there's a hell of a lot of other things out there, but yeah, you're right, and I, I, I shit on superheroes because I like to stir the pot, but I, I still love them, you know, when they're done right, it's just that I don't think the big two are doing them right. Image is doing superheroes, right? And it's fun, and it's not you know the same old same old every friggin month and there's a point in your collecting history or reading history that you get to you know you see b behind the mirror and you're like what i bought it for how long 30 freaking years what do i have to show for it a lot of memories that's about it and a huge but, ream oh, let's see, of again, paper like you have to show for it like your whole point like entertainment it's this is this is entertainment like yeah i I, I stopped watching ER like maybe, I don't know, nine, ten seasons in because I was like, ah, I've seen enough of this, right? But th does that mean the people that kept watching it for the uh, next four or five seasons were wrong? No, they kept enjoying chumps. it. Like, They're chumps. Like, <laughs> but, dude, I mean, like, you watched X-Files throughout, I did too, right? But like, yeah. I, I, my point is, is is you consume entertainment. It, what you get out of it is that you are entertained. So Yes, but it is yeah. art first and foremost. Oh, not, in this no. case, people no. No, it's, no. Well, to me it is. Well, yeah. To you, most people reading comics are reading them to be entertained. So, yep. if you're being entertained by your thousandth Batman issue, awesome. If that thousand of first, you're like, I've had enough Batman, awesome. Like, but it's just entertainment, dude. Like, <laughs> I just read twenty plus issues of Green Lantern and the related titles in the last week, along with Humbug. 
I enjoyed the Green Lantern fucking t- issues a lot more than I enjoyed Humbug. Like, well, I, yeah, but that's not a fair comparison because Humbug <laughs> is like, nothing in those twenty Green Lantern issues is all that groundbreaking, right? I mean, they're no all ultimately the, you know, I've seen Cyborg Superman before, I've seen Hector Hammond, I've seen Carol Ferris, I've 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 seen Hal Jordan before, but but I was entertained by them. Yeah, sharp dialogue, you know, I'm just, good action, nice art, tight art. You know, um, it's just you know building on the mythos that I. So I was entertained by it. Like, is it? It's like with movies. I I I I can watch Red and think it's a hoot, right? Was that good? And I enjoyed the hell out of it. Yeah, I watched. Yeah, that. I got to buy it this week. Yeah, um, but like you know, I, I've watched most of the Best Picture nominees this year. Some of them I enjoyed. Some of them I thought were boring as hell. But you know, it's just I don't know. Like you just, it, it's just for enjoyment. So yeah. I just don't think there's anything. Like it's totally fine for you to think superhero comics aren't good good anymore. That's that's your prerogative. But totally no, I I like super. I still read superhero okay, comics. Okay, Marvel and DC superhero. Comics thank you, totally, thank you. Totally fine for you to think that. But at the same token, two of the hosts sitting here. I mean, Dave is off a choir right now. He always gets this way when we talk. To him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's riveted. We're both enjoying the hell out of superhero comics still. Yep. And I, I don't. I mean, I, I'm glad. Yeah, you know that's all I'm saying. Yeah. So I I just am, I'm anticipating. Oh, you're the, all breaking up. You're all crackly now, Nick. I get quiet because there's <laughs> no way I can say something better than you are. So it's not even a point. I'm just I'm sitting here nodding. Not that anybody can see that, but no. If I if I disagreed with anything, I jump in. But I well, why Vince Spotsy? I want to throw some love to an old school Marvel writer, Roy Thomas. You know why? Because he's writing. I've tried to read Conan many times, and I know I've probably read less Conan than all three of you guys by a mile. Like, I have not read very much Conan in the grand scheme of things. I tried reading the, what, the the Conan series that Dark Horse relaunched, what, two, three years ago, I think it was uh, Tim Truman and stuff. Didn't grab me. It just wasn't, just didn't grab me for whatever reason. Um, so I read the first issue of Conan, The Road of Kings. Uh, Mike Hawthorne did the pencils, so I was intrigued by that. Roy Thomas wrote it. Loved it. Thought it was great. Second issue, equally loved it. Now, I don't know if this is a miniseries or it's a new ongoing, but um, it's great. Like, you know, sometimes you worry that guys like of Roy Thomas's age or whatever, can they go back to the well? I, this story, it's fun. It's, 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 it's edgy. There's, you know, there's, it, there's some sex. There's some humor. It's not just, like, you know, let me go back to the Wayback Machine and tell an old Conan uh, fantasy story. It's, it's. I think it's, it's well paced. Uh, and Hawthorne is just a. I, this he's dude's a been beast. around for a long time, but I'm seeing the stuff he's doing with Fear Agent. I'm seeing this, and Homie is. He's coming along. Like I, I don't know if he's always. Maybe I just didn't pay attention to him back. He's in the always day. been good. He's okay, always but been he's, good. he's 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 real good these days. Real good. And he talk about someone that can draw feminine form. Yowza. Woo! <laughs> well, that's Man. one. Th- How am I, dude? No, no, no. Conan is banging out this red-headed uh, pirate princess right now. <laughs> Man, she puts uh, Red Sonia to shame. Let me tell you that. <laughs> Respect. <laughs> Titties. <laughs> Gotta bring it back. Bring it to the, to the low, low. We're getting too serious. Uh, yeah, it's true. Um, am I? You sound now. Okay. One thing about Roy Thomas, and it's pretty much. Uh, a testament to his entire career. He never hacked anything out. Never. Roy Thomas was always on the mark. Even when he was doing stuff that really wasn't his forte, always a good storyteller. Always tight with the, with the, with his scripts. The man is just, he's one of the best. So That's when you, when you say, you know, it's, you're a bit surprised that he can bring it. I, the guy has always brought it. Uh, yeah, you're right. Well, I, yeah, I guess I wasn't, 
making a judgment on Roy Thomas specifically. That's just that it seems sometimes you know you read something and they kind right. of throw a bone to a guy that maybe like hasn't... like Jim Shooter. Good example. <laughs> <laughs> no, but before before I know I'm going to get some hate for this in the forums, but or like Paul Levitz. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, I was just be- before before I started breaking up. I was going to say I can almost anticipate the deluge of posts on this episode thread. Like Vince was talking smack, bringing you know just totally bogus bullshit. And yeah, you're right. I was, but that's no, look uh, again. I think the thing, and I'm sure there'll be some tweets about it and stuff. First of all, there's four different people on the show. We all have different perspectives. Second of all, what I love about you, and this is genuine, is that uh, you're not stuck. You, you, I am. you're hot and cold. <laughs> no, you're hot and cold though. Like, like you just, you know, I'd be the first one to agree with you on that. You know, like what, like, 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 not even a, a little more than a year ago, you were spending, you were doing an absolute like page by page love fest for Marvel Zombies Four. Because it's good. Know? But right, but then now you've eschewed all like like yeah. reading I just Batman time. Odyssey, but you don't want to hear about Batman Incorporated. You want to turn your mic off. It's like I love, Odyssey's I mean, I love hot. You got to read it. You got to read it. Yeah, but you know, and a lot of the stuff I say, you need to take with a grain of salt because a lot of it's just bullshit. I just like I, you sure. know me. I like stirring the pot. You but, and when I when I, I say superhero comics from Marvel and DC suck, I do not mean that if you are reading them, you're stupid for it. No, I don't really care what you read. I'm just like I just like you know. Bringing bullshit. I'm sure David and I very much look forward to the day, whenever that will be, when you're <laughs> back being like, dude, Superman's fighting Doomsday. Doomsday's awesome. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't hold your breath, my friend. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Hey, this craziness was brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you can get your favorite funny books and collectibles at huge Wumba discounts. A meager 30%, 35% off, all the way up to 75% off selected items. And do not forget about their digital arm. Thank you, David. Um, where am I here? I've lost my notes. Oh, my digital, I'm gonna, mydigitalcomics.com, mydigitalcomics.com. Duncan the Wonder Dog, $9.99, a fraction of its tangible print physical cover price. They have independents like Top Cow and others. Some issues are 99 cents. You can get them. Download them. They take no shelf space, only your hard drive. Mydigitalcomics.com and DCBService.com. Uh, and their trade arm, which would be in stock trades, is going to be where, Chris? They're going to be at C Dos Edos Dos. Yes. Yes. That's right. C2E2. It's the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo. And it's coming back to downtown Chicago. It's going to be this March 18th through the 20th. I uh, also mentioned on the 17th is the uh, the Diamond Retailer Summit. Uh, it's going to be at McCormick Place. Uh, it's in the West Building this year, which is the the bigger, fancier space. I'm looking forward to seeing the uh, the new uh, the new layout. If uh, if you come uh, uh, into the great city of Chicago, you'll be able to meet such uh, comic book creators as Brian Michael Bendis, Adam Hughes, Ben Templesmith, Gene Ha, Cliff Chang, Mahmoud Ashrar. Uh, Paul Cornell, Mike Norton, Scotty Young, Scott Snyder, and tons more. You can go to C2, E2. Yes, yes, the EOC Posse, and we'll be, uh, doing the, uh, the, uh, uh, podcasting panel. 
you can find out information on all the guests, all the programming, and all the other uh, goodies at c2e2.com. You buy your tickets before March 14th and get the whole weekend for 50 bucks. I also saw that they have parking vouchers, and there's plenty of parking uh, right around McCormick. And uh, if you order your tickets online, you can get a nice little parking voucher for uh, for some, some dough off of that, which you can uh, use to uh, uh, buy more comics in there or buy me a drink. <laughs> like, like you need it. Yeah, exactly. And in your travels, take it away. Somebody. Oh. You started off, dude. Oh, okay. In your travels, I was so happy to open up my DCBS box this uh, this month because I got not one, but two issues of Spawn, 200 and 201. I read 200. Yeah. And David, do you know who penciled uh, Spawn 200? Some of it. Michael uh, Golden. Yeah, Michael Golden. Yeah, oh, really? Hell yeah. I it, it was an anniversary issue. I was completely yeah. lost, but I did read it. I, don't know, I was thought of you. So it wouldn't have mattered if you started from the beginning. Oh, snap. Oh, shit. You can go to hell. You can, go, you, you can be Al Simmons and go to hell. That's okay? hilarious. Uh, and awesome. issue 201 was penciled by uh, Simon Kudransky, is it? S-Z-Y-M-O-N. Is that Simon Kudransky? It's sure. it's hot, it's raw, it's brutal as hell, and it's it's just really nice to look at. Uh, so yeah, read Spawn. Still good after all these years. Never a, a dull moment in the Spawn verse. Well, this cracks me up how Vince finds a way to invalidate everything that he said. In the <laughs> um, uh, David, David talked about this. <laughs> David talked about this comic several Damn months it. ago, and I'm rereading it. I, I'm rereading it from the beginning, and it's it's really awesome. It's written by uh, Matt Wagner with uh, uh, art from uh, Amy Reader Hadley. It is uh, Madame Xanadu. Oh, love it. Yeah, yes, really good. Love it. Talk about a charmed entrance into the into the Amy Reader's foray into comics. Must make other creators want to. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Yeah. Wow. Um, uh, but anyway, I'm sorry for derailing you. <laughs> uh, I would say go and check out. You know what? It's for free. You can go and download it. You can get it at his website, ktino.com. Go get go get him Funnies number one. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it'll be available to purchase at uh, Emerald City. It's first issue, number two. The cover of number two has been posted in uh, Artist Alley on our forum. Um, it's it's a great little, I don't want to call it a mini-comic. It's, it's, it's like maybe 10, 12 page, but if, it's... Uh, it just it, it it's got a nice old timey feel to it. Kyle's art is great, and uh, and definitely just just go check it out. Now, what's the name of this again? I think you were getting a little fuzzy there. Go get them. Yeah, go get them funnies. Go get G I T or G E T. G I T apostrophe go get E M. Funnies. Cool. And it's and you can get it at uh, K T N O K T I N O dot com. And you know, I take your words uh, very. Uh, Strongly because the last thing you pushed that Menage a Three, <laughs> yeah. dude, that thing so. is it's excellent. I said, eh, David's probably blowing smoke out his ass. Let me go check nah. this out. I read about ten. I couldn't stop reading them. I know it's a great cast of characters. You got up to the Transformers where where uh, Z broke the Transformer. It's broke really yeah, board. it's really yeah. good. It I would if that. I mean, I love and, it. I would and, I would uh, definitely buy that in print. She is well. There are 
there are collections of, of the first couple of years, but she is illustrating Archie and Friends, the issue that was just in the last previews, not the one that came out today or yesterday, but the previews for um, for book shipping in is it April? March. Uh, she's she, she's got a story in Archie and Friends. Oh, it's a woman who illustrates it. Yes, it is. No way, because it's like what, what's the what's the one name? The, 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 what's the her name? Well, it's it's a nickname, but it's it's uh, it's um, uh, uh, Giz. Right. See, I couldn't tell. I th- I automatically assumed it was a guy it's, because it's loaded it's, with boobies. Yeah, I know. I, be- I believe it's Parker uh, Hutch. It's it's uh, yeah. I'm gonna butcher her name if I try to say it, but it's it's spelled similar to like Giselle or, or, or Giselle. Oh, Giselle. Oh, nice. Yeah, it makes yeah, it even yeah. hotter that a woman yeah, draws it. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Menage a three. David, you were on the mark with that. Nice. Uh, in your travels, uh, go to the web while you're at work and you need a few minutes to chill. Um, we've talked before about Activate, which is Dean mm-hmm. Haspiel's uh, comics consortium on the web. It's uh, Activate Comics or act, uh, dot com with an X. Um, and they have a couple new things, which are pretty dope. Um, they have a new uh, humor co- uh, web comic out called Sumfin, S-U-M-F-I-N. Silly, uh, which the first arc just uh, got put up, um, and it promises to be the silliest comic that there ever was. So uh, I know a lot of you out there love the wackier the better. Julian, I'm talking to you, Vince. Yeah. Uh, so uh, this is ready for that alley. Um, it's the first one, like I said, as opposed to the first nine. It's like a nine a nine screen uh, web comic. I thought was it was it was definitely it was funny. It was uh, you know, and it's going to get wackier, I'm sure. Uh, and then also be on the lookout for this. I'm really excited about. Um, to celebrate their fifth anniversary, they are putting out a, another anthology, but it's going to be a horror anthology called Ooh. Everywhere. Nice. Um, with a bunch of creators until Rodney Ramos, Dennis Calero, uh, Nathan Schreiber, um, bo- boatloads, really. I, you know, just off the top of my head. But but um, but uh, I'm super giddy for it. I don't remember exactly when it's starting, but I know it's starting soon. And then I'm sure once... They post the stuff on the web just like they've done with uh, prior runs. They'll they'll put out a nice uh, uh, printed version of it as well. So I'm pretty geeked out for that. So cool. check out Activate. Yeah, Dino. Dino's great. Yeah. And, and all those artists under there are really good too. Yep. All right. Hey, thank you for being here. And uh, guess what? Like it or not, we'll be back next week. Oh, you in your face. Sookie, sookie. And I'll, I'll be bringing the same level of intelligent comics commentary next week. Too. So y'all can piss off. Nice poop. Right. Poop. <laughs> Why you got to shit on Spawn? <laughs> Seriously, it's like old hat. It's not even say, funny. I thought the art on, on issue 200 was tight. It yeah. Was, it was like, I, but I mean, I, in my own fault. I mean, I haven't read an issue of Spawn in, in a decade, but I, I had no you idea. Fix what was you should fix no that. No idea what was going on in the story. That's all right. Buy the back issues. It's great. Uh, but I see that that, uh, that little clown's still around. Hell yeah. And he's oh, some kind of otherworldly creature, huh? It's the Violator. Yeah. Violator. Violator is goody, man. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just huh? go watch the uh, HBO cartoon. There Hoss, you go. Hoss a buggin'. Let's get the shit out of Hey, me. it can't be all bad. That movie had Michael Jai White, who... I know. Black Dynamite, so... See, there you go. And and th- there was that nice Spawn Batman crossover then from oh, I think uh, Dark Knight. Oh, oh yeah. I forgot he was Tyson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Poor devil. And he was in uh, Why Did I Get Married? Yeah. 
So that's yeah. it. See you. See you next week. There Where you go. David Lina. will not be pooping on the spawn. No, we won't bring it up. Hey, <laughs> I'm going home. I love you. <laughs> I am home. Bye. Bye. See ya. Later. Ever. Time I was two, they were calling me, calling me Satan. I was born by the time I was twelve, I was killing, killing for Satan. Anyone give what chance that I have to really live? I was born by the time I was two, they were part of me. Anyone give? What chance could I have?